Hello, I'm John, the executive producer here at Final Show Films. I got a few notes for you before the show. First, I want to thank you all for watching. We couldn't do what we do or the amount of things that we do without the support of you, the viewer. If you want to support us financially, which we always appreciate, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us continue this and all the things that we do. I want to give a special shout out to our $25 supporters, Antitonic, Cat Waterflame, and Samantha Bates. Uh, second, I want to let you all know that we here at Final Show Films are planning a little get-together up at Gen Con this year. That's August 2nd through 5th up at Indianapolis. We're going to be up there sort of hanging out, enjoying the con, spending time together. And if any of you guys want to come up and say hi, please feel free. We don't bite unless you want us to. And if you enjoy whatever it is you're about to watch or listen to, be sure to check out our website at finalshowfilms.com where you can find links to all of our other content, both podcast and video. And be sure to follow me at John A. Bates on Twitter for more updates on all of the content we're creating in the future. In the meantime, thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy. Well, the cat didn't pee on your life. <laughs> That's the first thing they hear. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, good morning, everybody. Hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to our Warcraft RPG session Storm, Earth, and Fire, episode three. 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 Um, hi, I'm William, and I am the dungeon master for this Storm, Earth, for this Warcraft RPG campaign. As the sign, as the our, our banner is being put up behind me. <laughs> Um, joining me today is the one putting up our banner. We have Austin. Yo. He should probably introduce himself once he's back to his seat so they can see <laughs> I mean, him and not I'm, his butt. I'm pretty certain he can project into the camera from there. <laughs> into I'm the, facing the opposite direction. Yeah. That's okay. okay. And you're but, just that good. Uh, we have John. And I'm John, and I'm playing Garrick, the uh, orc shaman. We have Holly. I'm Holly, and I'm playing... <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm I'm playing Shiana, the orc uh, rogue. And now Austin, I need to iron the horde symbol. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's true. Okay. But you're, that's not who you are playing right now. Uh, no, I'm playing a troll. <laughs> a level two troll. Yes, I'm playing a level two troll. Uh, and uh, Stan, hi. Uh, I'm actually playing a goblin tinker named Josh. And Zach? I'm Zach, and I'm playing Leaf Ironmender, the half-human priest of the Yeah, by the way, you all have last names. Uh, Oh, right! And Rudy. I actually wrote that one. Yeah, I'm Rudy, I'm playing uh, Brick Whisper, Tyrant, Rune Master. Alright. Rudy did it how he was supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm Garrick Cloudspeaker, but most people call me Garrick, so... I car flames. I don't identify by names. Yes. So just I identify by as we've he, he has an excuse. So, so uh, when last we left off, our group of newly christened adults, uh, the group of you had just arrived in Razor Hill and were beginning to perform a few tasks. You were given a day to sort of um, mingle and get to know the... Uh, people of Razor Hill and uh, who you would be working alongside and working to protect for the next however long. Um, 
and uh, given that time to introduce yourself to others, and then afterward we're given a, a patrol, uh, a patrol mission to uh, keep an eye out on the farms outlying Razor Hill to keep an eye out for the Quillbores who had been uh, intruding a bit more than usual on Horde lands. Uh, after an amount of scouting, they discovered one of the farms to be under attack by a small force of Quillbore, which they repelled with the aid of those who inhabit the farm, um, and went back to report to Garthok, who took some time uh, to process that information and decide what the next action would be, while he gave the rest of you the... I believe he gives us the evening to do with as you will and return tomorrow morning. Yep. Uh, so, we pick up with the group of you. Do you have anything to do over the course of the evening, or... I think we'd already established. I think I was working on the, bla- I was working yes. the blacksmithy and... Other, and yeah, so... Yeah. All of you have had your tasks for the evening you that you've done. Um, and so we return... <laughs> At the morning, uh, in the morning of the next day, um, as you all wake up in the barracks of the central Great Hall of Razor Hill, get up, pray to the spirits, mm-hmm. head up to uh, talk to Garthok. I do at least. The rest of you, sure. My routine is fairly similar. Replace spirits with holy light. You know, close enough. <laughs> Um, I wake up, I see people are doing things, I follow. Alright. Shiana, Brick, Josh? Yeah. How you doing? I'm a conformist. <laughs> are you, though? No. <laughs> I, was, I was kidding. You're a reformist, Josh. Get up, get food, go off by myself, sit there and eat it. Uh, so, while everyone else has seemingly skipped their breakfast to go and go talk to Garthok, yeah. uh, Shiana is putting breakfast ahead of orders uh, and is going to eat her food first. Uh, we're going to see who I see first. Uh, I see her eating food first, so I'm going to follow her. <laughs> All right. And eat food. And you go off to eat food, Shiana, and short while afterward, uh, Jangatal is uh, approaching near your location. You have your own food? Yes. Good. Okay. Is it Harpy? <laughs> Probably. Uh, unless, unless last night I was able to like find anything to kill or eat or scrounge or scavenge. I mean, there were the quillboards you killed. Yeah, yeah, the quillboard stuff. <clears throat> Imitation bacon. Yeah? No? Uh, was there any plant matter? I, uh, can I roll survival to see if I picked up any plant matter to eat? Sure. Or is there not much plant matter around here? There's not a lot of plant, there's not a lot of plant matter around here, so we'll see how you roll. Uh, 19 survival check? Uh, you pick up a few... It's mostly like um, brush and uh, shrubbery, but there's a few edible plants that were that you could find. How omnivorous are trolls? Uh, they're more... Carnivorous than herbivorous, but they do take some herbs to go with their meat to help season the flavor. And to get high as fuck. <laughs> that, that's a different kind of herb, John. <laughs> they, that's it. 
I mean, to trolls. They are primarily carnivorous with plant matter mostly as an accent. Basically. So, like, dogs. Kind of. Yeah. And wolves. Okay. I, I, I've got some, some, some quill bore meat, and I've got some... Because I've already dried the harpy meat, so it's going to last a while, so I'll probably stick to the quill bore and berries. Roots. I'm not a social eater, but I see eating, I'm like, hmm, it's time for eating. Yeah. <laughs> so Does that make by... you a social eater? No, no, no. <laughs> that, that would imply that I'm sitting next to her eating with her. I see her eating, so I flop on the floor and begin tearing into meat and... Vegetable matter. You're eating less with people, but more in response to people. Yes, yes. That's not social eating. Yeah, she's fine with this. There's no attempted socialization, which is fine for both parties, I'm sure. Generally. Alright. So, uh, the group of you that are going to go see Garthok, um, you all meet at the war room in the center of Razor Hills Command Center. Um, Garthok is there, sort of pouring over a map of the region. Uh, as he's kind of rubbing his chin, trying to puzzle something out, and as the group of you enter, Ah, I see you're here for your assignment for the morning. Well. I've got a bit of a task for you who's going to take some ride. But we've requisitioned the flight master for a group of wyverns. The group of you are going to be heading to Orgrimmar today. Okay. And our task? <clears throat> I need forces, and I need to see what the war chief is willing to offer. You're going to go to Orgrimmar and speak with Overlord Sarfang. Okay. Sounds like fun. And what are we requesting specifically? The word that you shall be giving them is here, he says, uh, holding up a letter. I'll take it. You'll be delivering that to High Overlord Verox Sarfang outside of Gromash Hold. What answer are you expecting? I expect he will tell you. I will. <laughs> but the request is for aid for Razor Hill. In response to the encroaching quillbores and other threats of the region. We are an outpost. We are not stocked with a full brigade. Very well. We'll get our morning preparations done and be off. How far is Ogremar from here? Uh, it's two days' ride. Um, by assuming flight by wyvern. By, by wyvern back, probably about uh, six to eight hours. Because it's, it's a, it's a 16-hour ride, which is usually two days. They ride in about eight-hour shifts uh, on the road. Um, so you cut that in half, and it's just a day's flight. Okay. Oh, let's go get meals and the other two. And to go get food. All right. And the, the group of you probably uh, head to the same area where uh, Shiana and Jangatal are eating to get to your own food. Oh. I will go sit next to Shiana. Get food. <coughs> We're heading to Ogremont next. Well, what sort of food is served around here, out of curiosity? Um, the horde, lots of boar meat. Boar meat, boar meat is the, the primary thing. 
um, boar meat, um, berries, stuff but that would grow like in the desert. Like, in this sort of village, because you said it's mostly an import village, there's not a lot of... Well, like it gets some farmland. Around. Yeah, it, it gets food from the bo- from the pig farms on the outlying land. It's okay. a, it's an outpost, but it does have to sustain itself for a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's sort of if you imagine Orgrimmar is the big city, and Razor Hill is sort of the outskirts of Orgrimmar's like reach, and so Razor Hill is the outpost that watches over all of Orgrimmar's pig farms, basically. Okay. I've informed Shiona, at least, because I could try to inform Jean Natal, but he wouldn't listen or understand. She <laughs> uh, just or care. Not. That's, that's okay. the third relevant that's the third. point. Yeah. <laughs> also, he kind of doesn't really need to know. He just needs to know we're going somewhere and we'd rather not be eaten along the way. Yeah. That's all the information that's relevant to him. So, at the moment. So. All right. is, that the, is that the extent of the conversation that you guys are going to have over food? Apparently. <laughs> She's not chatty. Alright. I mean, maybe I'll get into deep philosophical discussions, but then there's always sort of the glaring eyes that just sort of <laughs> yes. Ma- makes me feel a little bit less sure of myself. <laughs> what you're saying is we're a dysfunctional group and we we have communication problems. So it seems. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just don't have. We also don't have much to talk about right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, this food is good. <laughs> there, there, there's always good getting to know you stories, unless you're a troll who's you know dumb. <laughs> and there's the. <laughs> I, there's definitely, you know, people that I can't ask about, you know, certain questions like that, and people that I probably wouldn't get helpful answers you out of. You can ask. You can ask anything you want. Yes, but I can't survive it. <laughs> it depends on what you say or how you so, phrase it. She's not just going to straight out. If, if she has food in her hand, she's, she's not sure about you. Yet. She has to transfer uh, the food to her mouth before she can punch you. So you have not it. necessarily. <laughs> no, no. Like wolf ring claws still work if you're holding something. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but, so Josh, I yeah. take it that you're going to be staying with us. Oh, sure. I'll hang around for a while. This for is kind of interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll be glad of your assistance. One of these days, I'll, I'll I'll make something productive, and, and we'll, we'll we'll use it on things. I'm, I'm still, you know, your trades are making out. things productive. Uh, well, not yet. No, <laughs> <laughs> not yet on the productive aspect, not yet on the making things. Aspect. Well, see, one of the reasons I kind of ran away from home is I kind of I kind of um, I assumed that people were going to uh, respond to what happened, and I just kind of left before that would happen. So, uh, yeah. Respond to what? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not accident prone by nature. I just uh, did a couple of things that I didn't w- probably wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I started a small fire in my dad's uh, uh, laboratory, and I and I, I, I blew up a, 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 my mom's party at one point with a. Uh, it, see, it was it was supposed to be a festive occasion, so I, I you know confetti is a thing. And, uh, anyway, I left. <laughs> I can certainly understand that. <laughs> That's all the information you need to get. <laughs> Alright. Searching for a new life or searching to keep up with the same life is the question. Oh, no, I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm just bound, bounding around trying to figure things out. Hitting on harpies. Well, hitting on harpies. <clears throat> they were hitting on me. I, yes. I would advise not to get hit on by harpies. Okay. It doesn't yeah. end well. 
right. For either for either side. I did well for the troll. He got something to eat out of it. <laughs> it, gave, it gave him indigestion. <laughs> I eat all sorts of weird stuff. I had no problem with harpy meat. You don't know if it gave him no, indigestion. That was, that was me joking. Oh, okay. That I was, was going to say, he doesn't share that, that with you. That was me joking, not Eric. <laughs> it gave him indigestion. All right. So, you all finish your meal, and you all head out to find the flight master? Yep. All yeah. right. So, she motions to the troll. <coughs> he follows. Okay, good. You were just pointing generally into the distance. <laughs> like, <laughs> at the, <it's> like <laughs> specifically <laughs> at least. Chill. <laughs> so the uh, the flight master is a. Uh, One uh, day you two will have a character that gets along. <laughs> Eventually, I doubt it. I think we uh, ever have. The, yeah, uh, not really. The, the, the flight the flight master is well, a. Tommy didn't blatantly hate Crag, but yeah. yeah. The the flight master is a hardy orc by the name of Burok, um, and uh, he again has that that uh, sort of deep purple hair that you've seen that you've seen on one other orc before recently, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of, a number of different orcs have. And his like his beard again reaches down like around chest level, and his hair is pulled back into a single like top knot ponytail that rests around like mid back. Uh, he's currently wearing like a, a red rider's harness, which is mostly just straps of leather with like hooks on them, designed to be hooked onto like a a, um, a saddle. Uh, he's currently uh, walking amongst a number of these large. Um, so, let me just read read the descriptive box text for these creatures. <laughs> the creature looks much like a lion with great leathery wings that flare out from its four limbs. It has strong hind legs and a scorpion-like tail. Uh, these uh, those of you who are who are more familiar with Orcish and Tauren culture, which would be the orcs, the two orcs and the Tauren, not the troll, the half-orc, or the goblin, really, uh, would recognize these at, would recognize these as wyverns. Um, they are the go-to flying mount of the Horde. Um, they carry most of the Horde races to and from destinations. Um, none of you have really ever interacted with one up close. They're, they are... It's a rare thing to uh, ride a wyvern. The flying taxi service that the flight masters provide is expensive, uh, and usually only for getting important things from one location to another. Uh, so the fact that your flight is being covered by the Horde military kind of designates that this needs to happen quick. Um, first class. Basically. <laughs> for, for interpretations of first class. Uh, and, you know, Burok is uh, walking among the wyverns with uh, just kind of filling up trenches that are in front of them with water and food and letting them have their, their meals and their water as he kind of walks along the line. Flight master. I'll call out. Ah, yes. How can I help you? We have important business in Orgrimmar being sent by the military. Ah, yes. You must be the ones Garthok told me about. Indeed. All right. We have none among our number that have experience riding wyverns, so... Hmm. Well, we'll send you a sharp main then, and he'll make sure that you and your flight are kept going. Sharp main! 
and uh, one of the wyverns kind of looks up from its uh, from its meal and kind of prods over to the group of you, kind of uh, looking across the group of you with these knowing eyes as it just kind of it sits on its hind legs and looks this almost regal, like lion-like pose as it kind of. Uh, looks down at the group of you. It is a massive beast. It is taller than all of you and probably twice the weight of even you. Good. Um, <laughs> that one's mine. <laughs> uh, and he kind of looks down at you with these inquisitive eyes as he gazes across the group of you. Uh, Burak, this is Sharpmane. He is the leader of the Wyverns here and he will be giving each of you Training, shall we say. Have I encountered uh, wyverns before? Not really. Okay. You, you're mostly... The, you've encountered a lot of dinosaurs. Yeah. Not so much in the case of wyverns. They have big fangs. They have a scorpion stinger. <laughs> yeah. So I will be... The, 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 the creature seems to be... What's the correct word here? Neutral towards our existence. But it seems to be under the same sort of odd domestication that other beasts are under, or does the thing seem to be slightly different in that regard? Uh, it's different. Uh, why don't you uh, roll me a... Animal handling? Sure, survival? yeah. Try, try and roll me animal handling. Try and get a, get a feel for him. Ooh, I'm, I'm getting a feel. <laughs> Handle animal. I'm looking under A. Um, that's a 22. Uh, so yeah, you you approach and try and like get a smell of this wyvern, and it kind of looks down at you. And as you start to get close, uh, just trying to inspect it, it just kind of leans down in your face and gives you this growl that is louder and more imposing than you have heard from any beast before. And you kind of back off instinctively, and it leans back up and looks at the rest of you. Well, no. well then, I suppose I should be teaching each of you. It says in fluent orcish. <laughs> okay. Certainly. I say, <laughs> trying not to be taken aback because spirits talk all the time. Why should I be surprised that a wyvern's talking? <laughs> and yet, instinctively, you're taken aback because wyverns shouldn't be talking. I rolled a 21 on my will safe. Okay. <laughs> so, you, so you cover it up well. You're like, yeah, oh, no, I can like, rationalize this. Yep. I can rationalize this. Right. Okay. <laughs> This is a thing that's happening now. <laughs> as it turns out, none of you interacted with them, so as far as you knew, they were just the flying mounts that the Horde uses. Wyverns speak. Yep. They speak huh. Orc and Tarahi. Yep. Hmm. Okay. That's fine. And so Sharpmane kind of um, looks across the group of you. We'll be taking the group of you with some of the more veterans wyverns, so that you will have an easier time riding as it, I have been told, is your first time. It is indeed. Yep. For all of us. As a point of order, our troll friend Jangatal has a looser grasp of language than the rest. Wynamalistic in nature. I have gathered. He is much like a pup. The young, the young wyverns <coughs> are Except not as more kids. akin to him. Pup in the sense of an, of child. Yes, I know. <laughs> he's puppy. No, he's not. He's, he's not. not our, our team mascot. Way he's too puppy. He's a javelin puppy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a javelin puppy. <laughs> 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 
I'll make a little side comments about the troll. Guess how much the troll can. That's what we're doing. With. Um, and so Sharkmane kind of leans over his shoulder and issues this loud lion-like roar. Um, and a number of other wyverns begin to approach. A number of them either take short bursts of flight to get there or just walk on all fours as they all uh, form a line uh, in front of you. There is one for each of you. Um, Sharpmane looks uh, between uh, you and Brick and just asks, which of the largest of the two of you would ride with me? The other shall ride with Steelfang. I will take that honor, if I may. As you wish. Steelfang will be your ride, Doran. And there's another wyvern that um, that uh, steps up next to you, and you notice this one, uh, as is fitting for his name. You look as, as he as he kind of gives you this toothy grin. There's a number like the the two of his largest teeth appear to have been broken off at some point and replaced and like re- have been replaced with metal uh, fangs to to go in to go in the socket. Um, and he kind of looks at you with this knowing grin. He doesn't say anything. Not all wyverns are as talkative as uh, Sharpmane, um, but they all do understand language, <laughs> even if they don't choose to speak it a lot. Uh, I say, I see you've seen many battles. <laughs> <laughs> My fair share, yes. Then I know I can, no, I'm sure I can count on you. <laughs> Well, this shouldn't be too hard. Just try not to fall off. And Sharpmane speaks up. We have a long ride ahead of us. Burok, do you have harnesses for them? And Burok kind of steps up. Indeed I do. And he kind of hands each of you this set of red leather straps that can be adjusted to fit your your height, Uh, each of which has a number of metal rings placed at key points across the chest, and a series of guide ropes with hooks attached to the rings. Uh, and you see a number of the wyverns sort of sliding themselves into harnesses and and, uh, and saddles, kind of fitting them onto themselves and getting used to them, shaking them down to where they, to where they fit properly. Take the saddle. And wait until I'm told what to do. <laughs> oh, it's a harness for you. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, it's a, it's a harness. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a oh, harness. okay. Yeah, so okay. The wyverns are putting the har- are putting the saddles on themselves. Got you. Sorry, so I mixed the two up. Yeah. Yep. I will put tie ourselves in a harness on. Yep. Do you need aid? <laughs> I'm fine. Just asking. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Sharpmane, the first one to get his saddle on, uh, steps up to the group. All right. Step astride and hook the harness into the saddle. <laughs> he helps you get onto him properly because the, the center of balance is a little bit awkward. Yep. Um, and so you, you hook, you, you tie the, you put the, the hooks on these ropes of the harness into the saddle. Uh, and he gestures to the rest of you to, to, um, Step to hop astride your own uh, wyverns. I didn't actually climb my climb check. All right, yeah, you climb. <laughs> I actually made it. <laughs> I gotta go for it. Everybody else. Yeah. Shoot, wait, which spike should I grab? Hang on. <laughs> Rusty, nineteen ride check to. Wait, what are we? To extract your harness in. Oh, yeah. What are yeah. we going? You get it. 
You don't need to. Do you, do right. you, don't need, you don't have to. Run. Oh, okay. You don't really have to. I mean, uh, it's it's they're designed to be easy. It's like it's a the harnesses are attached to. They have rings with ropes attached to them, I think, and the ropes end in hooks that very clearly have spots on the. I think. On the side. I think Austin was rolling because Jean de Thal, and yeah. I think he was rolling. Because he's small and has to climb. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling because my character is not entirely intuitive with this whole writing on things, so this is a, it's a new experience for him. This is a how how easily does he either figure it out on his own or see what other people are doing? Yeah, yeah it, it's sort of help with his harness. The, uh, the the wyvern that you're trying to you're trying to ride kind of gives you a gesture a gesture to one of the other ones, and so you so you get a, you look over yeah. and see how they're attaching the harness, and you figure it out. I, I'm, I'm a good mimicker. Yeah. Not to mention survival instincts kick in at some point. Like, I don't want to fall off. I recognize thing. if I hold on to something, I will take not fall. If I, if this thing straps in and holds me, I'm probably still holding on to it, but... Yep. You know. Yeah, so... After everyone is um, strapped into their individual wyverns, Sharpmane speaks up. All right! Everyone, hold on. The first lift is always entertaining for you, groundwalkers. And and he kind of extends his wings to full extension, which is massive on these wyverns. Their wingspan is a little bit larger than just their full length from from head from head to scorpion tip. So they spread wings out, and you can see the the lion claws at the front are very sharp and seem to be sort of how they help defend themselves in the air if they need to. Uh, and they lift, and it's a jerk as you are immediately catapulted from the ground into the air. I, everyone, uh, to roll me a... Uh, a uh, fortitude save. Fortitude save. Fortitude save. Oh, I can make this. 20. Oh, no. right. oh thank you. That's Seventeen. Yeah. Twelve. I rolled a sixteen. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Thirteen. I think I might have. All right. Save in the party. So. What's your all save? Plus six. <laughs> so is mine. Oh, nice. All right. of you feel your stomach lurch, but manage to avoid throwing up as the uh, as the wyverns take to the air. It is a jarring experience to feel the ground rapidly leave from beneath you as the wyverns take to the air and in a matter of moments you are soaring above Razor Hill and heading north toward Orgrimmar. I mean, hey, the goblin's used to it. <laughs> I will utter a, 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 a utter a quick thank you to the air spirits for not <laughs> throwing us back to the ground. <laughs> in retaliation. <laughs> Alright, so... And you're going to be in the air for a few hours uh, of riding, and the wind here is strong and makes it difficult to communicate amongst each other because of the rapid pace at which you're flying and the height. Um, That's fine for some of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything any of you are doing over the course of this ride? I'm, uh, I'm trying to just converse with the uh, with my mouth with your wind rider with your wind yeah, rider. I, mean, I, I want to ask him about the, the poison in his tail and stuff like that and see if there's, you know, just just getting some general information about that type of poison and, um, and whether or not they, they 
donate that to uh, worthy causes. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll me a gather information. Oh, okay. Just, just to see your conversation. Just to see yeah, your conversation okay. skills at work. I'm just while I'm up there and while I'm while I'm in an, while I'm in an area that is saturated with the spirit with the spirit of the air. Okay. Um, I'm just going to try to commune and see if I can get any further information on that sense of unease I've been getting. Roll me a spirit check. A ten. A ten. Yeah. I mean, it's simple conversation that's probably had a bunch yeah. before. So you know, it you you learn over the course of a, like you know a few you know ten twenty minutes of conversation uh, that the uh, the sting of a wyvern's tail is a uh, it's a it's a con it's a um, it's an injury poison, which means it, it has to it, it has to be applied via an via a, 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 an impact that yeah. gets beneath the skin, like the stinger, um, and that it is a weakening poison that saps the stamina and vitality of uh, creatures that are struck by it. And you learn that um, many wyverns do contribute some of their poison occasionally to uh, the horde war effort for use by. Uh, some of the trained rogues and uh, military agents of the Horde. Okay, in the midst of conversation, I start uh, describing a, a device I was, I'm thinking of making. Oh, no. <laughs> the um, use poison. No. Do I get any sort of a boost or advantage for being <laughs> surrounded by the air? Uh, I will be considering that in your DC. Okay, I rolled 10. Okay. <laughs> Think about, um, think about the, the pleasure of seeing that go off the, uh, with poison. The spirits of air here are also I'm attuned. I'm attuned to the air. Yeah, that's my focus. Just yeah. a, okay. uh, the spirits of air here are present. Yes, and omnipresent, but are transitory. They're always in motion. They're always in action. And so it's very difficult to get a, uh, a wandering air spirit to pay enough attention to you to speak to you. Um, but those that you do, uh, you sort of get this sense of distance from whatever is occurring. You get this feeling that the spirits of air while they understand that something is coming, they have not gathered as much information about it as other spirits have. They seem almost a little detached from the situation that's going on. Oh. As if, and you get the feeling that they are dealing with their own situations that are very private and among air spirits, and less something that mortals are, in, are invited to deal with. I'm just up here living up to my name, speaking to the clouds. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can get the corals, please. Young Orc yells at Cloud. Young Orc yells at Cloud. Or does he yell at? Talks at. <laughs> I don't have to talk loud for them. They're all around me. <laughs> They're the ones making it hard to hear other things. Uh, I'm... How long is this trip? It's about six to eight hours. So I've got plenty of time. Number one, aerial vantage point. I'm making note of the areas we're passing over. Um, committing them to, to memory. I, I mean, and I've... I mean, I've been to Ogremar, I've been here, so I've walked these paths. I'm trying to recognize from the air, creating that correlation of where I've been to where I've been. All right, uh, go ahead and roll me... I'm trying to off. think what that would be. Um, survival? Roll me, roll me survival, but use your intelligence modifier. Okay. That makes sense. 
Thankfully, I have a lot of survival. So, the penalty. With the penalty, that's still a 23. Alright. So, yeah, um, you sort of you sort of, in your mind's eye, you envision these locations as as you would see them from the ground and sort of comparing your aerial vantage mm-hmm. point, and you sort of get this this idea of, yeah, so the those cliffs, you know, there's, um, between Razor Hill and, um, and, uh, Orgrimmar, there is, um, the Dry Gulch, uh, ravine, uh, which is a massive series of, uh, cliff faces that, uh, sort of form a natural blockade that, that keeps Orgrimmar safe from a lot of uh, natural hazards that blow in from the south. Um, and so there's there's one major ravine that travels uh, between Razor Hill and Orgrimmar, and then there's a bunch of... That's okay. Uh, it, 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 and there's a, there's a bunch of uh, crags and valleys within, within the, these, these, two, these cliff faces that intersect the land. And you sort of get a feel of, okay, there's the actual footpath of the Dry Gulch Ravine between Orgrimmar and, and Razor Hill, and there's all of, you get a, you get a good look at all the different crags and uh, valleys that are within the, the uh, Dry Gulch peaks, that are within the Dry Gulch um, uh, cliffs. Uh, and you see, like, there's a number of different places where you imagine some wildlife might live. You spot a number of the very tangled and twisted nests that uh, hang from the sides of some of the cliffs that denote a harpy's nest, um, which are, you know, they're, they're sort of these hanging bird nest kind of things. They're almost like cocoons, where there are these tangled masses of, of branch and uh, thorn that sort of hang off of a, off of a surface and dangle. Um... And uh, you see a number of, uh, as you pass over, you look down one valley and you see the very large green shapes of thunder lizards um, that roam some of the other valleys of of Dry Gulch. Um, And it's difficult to get a complete map because, like I say, it's a lot of cliff faces and a lot of valleys. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm just trying to create association between I've walked these paths, now that I'm seeing from above, connecting them together, just sort of creating a... Less a map and more an association of where things are in relation to each other with the vantage point. Yeah. So you sort of establish this sort of relative perspective yeah. from the air. Um, so, and you, you you do a relatively decent job. You have you have a feeling like you would probably be able to walk these paths a little bit safer and more surely from the ground with your understanding of the perspective from the air. And as long as nothing cataclysmic happens and changes the geography of uh, the world as we know it. Yeah. That'll never happen. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. Everything's fine. <clears throat> Alright, so, uh, anyone else have anything to do while they're on the ride? Chat with my wife. Yeah. I'm doing a similar thing, just sort of getting a general idea of the land, more so just from the perspective of I haven't exactly been here too terribly long, so just getting an idea of what's around and what it, what uh, it looks you're just like. Trying, you're trying to take in the sites that you can see, less, less trying to make a map, so go ahead and roll me gather information. I died. I popped back up four rounds later. 19? 19. Um, so, yeah, you sort of gather the uh, understanding that you can. Um, you see, like I mentioned before, the Dry Gulch Ravine that is this cliff face that blocks off the the 
large mass of land between uh, Orgrimmar and Razor Hill with the one with the one ravine that travels along the length of it. Um, and you spot what look like harpy nests that you can see in some of the crags along the sides. And there's one very large uh, rock outcropping that you can see on the top of one of these cliff faces that looks like a cave. Like, you can see this sort of rock... A mass sticking off of the top of one of the of one of the cliff faces, uh, with what looks to be a hole that travels down beneath inside of it. Looks like it might be like a, a cave that something might live in. Um, and uh, you you get sort of an idea of how far along the eastern shore, uh, along the along to the east is the shoreline, uh, which is you know it's a good you know ten miles from where Razor Hill is at is the shore is the shore. Um, and so you, you get this this general feel of Duratar as a as a landscape. Uh, it's not perfect, but it, you just sort of get this general feel of this massive clay desert. It looks kind of like it's kind of like um, the drier and more arid areas of Georgia because it's a lot of red and a lot of like a lot of red clay and rocky terrain. So, like, sort of like te- parts of Texas, kind of, yeah, and Arizona, like, yeah, Texas, Arizona, kind of thing. Arid landscape. Um, and so that's that's what you mostly get from your from your overview Arizona. as you're flying. Arizona. And I'm also going to be <laughs> sort of talking with the wyvern and specifically curious about. What exactly the wyvern's place in the horde is like? If they went through the Valley of Trials and everything. Um, so go ahead. Asking the wyvern if it can be a player character too. <laughs> Roll me. I mean, essentially. <laughs> Good. This for you is more of like trying to learn history that you that you haven't learned yet. So go ahead and roll me diplomacy. Diplomacy. Uh-huh. I love having so many class skills. It's nice. Mm. But being a class skill doesn't make that better than a 14. I mean, 14 is decent. Uh, so he's, um, basically, you sort of learn that um, wyverns are an indigenous species to this land. Um, they hail from Duratar and the Stone Talon Mountains that are for, that are far to the west. They they hail from any of the the rocky mountainous regions, specifically Stone Talon Mountains, Thousand Needles, uh, the big sort of very hilly and um, rocky locations throughout Kalimdor, uh, and they, a large number of them, several individual tribes of wyverns were rescued from near extinction at the hands of uh, harpies and other um, uh, aerial threats. Uh, by the Torin and the Orcs of the Horde, and uh, since that time period, they've basically been fast friends. Um, the uh, the wyverns are the wyverns have their own individual culture. They don't uh, they don't necessarily um, take part in the Horde as other races do. They very much like to keep their own areas. They they uh, the Horde makes. Um, breeding grounds and areas for them, but they very much keep those areas themselves with the help of one or two individual members of the Horde to help them out. Um, sort of like how 
and you know a little bit of this from the Alliance, the dwarves make griffin Ares, but the griffins are not a subject race of the Alliance. They are an ally. They sort of... The griffins breed their own, they keep their own culture, and the Alliance deals with them as they will. The, the, the griffins are less intelligent than hippogriffs or wyverns. They're more bestial, less like uh, intelligent in speaking. They don't speak, for one. They understand language, but they don't speak it. Um, uh, and so it's a sort of a similar thing. Of They're their own race. They're not necessarily called upon the same way the Horde might call upon orcs and tauren and forsaken, but they are an ally that can be trusted for mounts and for um, uh, aid whenever needed, you know. <laughs> sort of if all of your horses could talk and you had to give them the respect of a sentient creature, it's kind of the situation they would be in. Makes sense. Anyone else? Um, I'm I'm not... Well, hang on, I think... Uh, Rudy, did you have something? Yeah, I was going to ask my mom how he, would have, uh, how he ended up losing his teeth, his fangs. <laughs> Get some more stories, man. <laughs> uh, that one. Well, let's just say that uh, making a diving attack with your orc rider towards one of the alliance's siege engines is glorious for combat, but not <laughs> safest for your health. I see. <laughs> that the uh, the the orc that was riding with me at the time? landed a javelin perfectly within the weapon's mechanism to destroy the cannon of the of the vehicle, but the explosion sent both of them careening to the ground and uh, he sort of crashed his, he sort of crashed against several trees on the way down and ended up breaking several of his teeth. Uh, did your writer survive that? Yes, actually. He's gone on to retire and, uh, and live with his own family, but a military wyvern spends most of his days serving the whore in some capacity. I see. Yeah. <laughs> you guys think? Um, I'm just talking with what, uh, Razor Man or Spike Man? Spike Man. Spike Man. I'm just talking with Spike Man. Or Sharp Man. Sharp Man. Sharp Man. Not about anything specific, just sort of um, uh, 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 basically uh, uh, sort of learning from his experience as a leader, uh, sort of asking general questions. Nothing in specific that we need to go into detail about, but Mm. just having a conversation with him about what it's like to lead. Other wyverns, yeah, and, flight of wyverns, and, you know, yeah. things like that. And you, you get this understanding that Sharpmane is very wise. He has this sort of this sort of regal bearing that is backed by what seems like a mountain of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you understand that he served in every major conflict that the Horde has fought since the wyverns joined them. He was one of the wyverns that was rescued by Thrall and Cairn in the Stone Talon Mountains as they were ascending to meet the Oracle. Mm-hmm. That is known, that, that is part of the uh, Orcish history of, you know, separating from the Eastern Kingdoms. 
Uh, and he has had a long and storied uh, experience uh, living amongst the Horde. And you get, a, you get a wealth of experience that he is willing to share with you. Yep. Um, and so the rest of you, you have various types of conversations with your mountain, various observations that you make of your own, and about the time the sun is setting, um, which is... Uh, you know, it's about six, seven hours since you left. Um, you are finally approaching the gates of Orgrimmar. And those of you that have been here before, it looks different. Um, when you left about a year ago, uh, Orgrimmar had been a large and prosperous city that was mostly built out of the environment that it had found itself in. The, the front gate of Orgrimmar was largely made of stone. It was just like the cliff face itself uh, formed the wall of Orgrimmar, and there was just a tunnel that was carved out of uh, the front of it to get into the main canyon that is where the city sits. That entire rock wall has been carved out and replaced with a wall made of black metal. This massive dark iron wall that forms the that forms the front gate of Orgrimmar is imposing and dangerous looking and looks incredibly threatening from the front as you see these large spikes across the front of the across the front of this wall with a rampart across the top and numerous horde soldiers patrolling the top of this wall and braziers that burn around the center of the gate, sort of creating a light source. And you... Those of you who have been to Orgrimmar before get this sense of imposing feel that's very different from the last time you were here. Um, and that's just the first thing that's different, uh, the, the iron gate that is in front um, b before you fly over it. And you see that Orgrimmar has had a lot of reshifting in the year that you've been gone. Um, the uh, not, not just the gate, but a number of the buildings in the city have been reinforced, or new ones have been made using this this black this this black iron, this dark iron metal, um, and it looks far more threatening. Um, there's a large central hole right in the dead center of Orgrimmar that wasn't there before, that is this massive iron fortress that towers above the sides of the canyon that is decked with spikes and horde banners um, and sort of serves as this monument in the center of the city. Uh, and the uh, the hippogriffs or hippogriffs, the uh, Wrong, wrong, wrong! Sentient flying creature. Um, the wyverns um, begin to descend, and you, uh, as they as they fly over that fortress, you get a good look at it and see how massive it truly is. As you look around, you see there used to be a single uh, zeppelin tower in Orgrimmar. That was mostly for the Zeppelin uh, ferry from Orgrimmar to Thunderbluff, the capital city of Torin. Uh, there are two of them now, and each of them has two docks. Uh, and both of these Zeppelin towers are reinforced with this, again, this black iron plating. 
Um, that seems to be prevalent across a lot of the more new structures of Orgrimmar. Um, and as as the wyverns descend onto the the central canyon, the central mesa that makes up um, the center mass of Orgrimmar, right uh, right north of that fortress that you've noticed, um, they sort of come down and uh, descend and come to a halt uh, in front of. Uh, another orc. Um, a, and they begin to let you all dismount as you look around and you see all of these wind riders, these, uh, these wyverns that are um, set about um, the this, this mesa where there's like a large pen for them to sit and have water and food as you all touch down in uh, this area that is, again, very different from for those of you that have lived in Orgrimmar before than the last time you saw it. Began unhooking myself to get off. Alright. You all hop down and... One of my things, I say. Sharp me. I'm trying to walk again. <laughs> yeah, the saddle swords literally you had never ridden before are going to be yeah. painful. Especially for you, because you, your legs were like, I know. <laughs> you're like, it's split the whole way. Yeah, that is sitting cross-legged on the, on the thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to sitting in weird positions for a long period of time. Trolls have those uh, those weird cat bones. Yeah. You're both legged already, so I can Yeah. Just... <laughs> so with the... The Zeppelin towers. How many Zeppelins is each one holding? Like, are they holding like? There are there are two Zeppelins on each tower right now. <clears throat> there are four Zeppelins currently moored above, uh, above Orgrimmar. Does it look like they might be going to different destinations yes. other than Thunderbluff? Yes. <laughs> They're all pointing in different directions. Do, do, do I recognize any of the models of the? Of uh, the go ahead and roll me an, an engineering check. Actually, I'd like to roll one too to see if it's got that. The two engineers over there. The two very different engineers over there. Yeah, that's only uh, a nine. Eighteen. Uh, you've seen a number of Zeppelins before. They all look like Goblin make to you, and that's what they are. But for you... Um, I recognize any specific models that would have been built by... By Kazan Goblins? Yeah, but... Um, definitely... Um, there's one that is uh, definitely Kazan in make. Uh, it's more ornate and more elaborate than the other ones. Um, there are there are four total, and two of them are of uh, the sort of the classic Zeppelin design that you that you see a lot of nowadays. It's sort of becoming the the stock line model uh, that is sort of like a boat with a with a with a balloon on it on it. You know, it's right. very simple, very easy design. Uh, there are Two, uh, there, there's there are two of them that are a little bit more heavily ornate in design, and one of them is definitely the one that you recognize as Kazan and make because it is this heavily the balloon is heavily reinforced um, to protect against uh, potential damage from the outside, and there's a pair of fog lights on the on the front of the on the front of the the prow. Yeah. Designed to help deal with harsh weather conditions because this this particular zeppelin is designed for um, long distance and harsh conditions. 
you know that these are the Zeppelins that Kazan sold to both the Alliance and the Horde during the expedition to Northrend. Um, they were used to help pierce the incredible chill and harsh weather and fog that is present all through Northrend. Um, so you do recognize that one as you touch down. Oh, it's a nice nostalgia model for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Single goblin tooth. <laughs> uh, and so the, the orc that comes to greet you as you all touch down is uh, a little bit older. Uh, he has sort of, his hair is just beginning to turn gray uh, as it is, uh, got long, two long braids that rest around mid-chest height. And the rest of it's kind of free in the back and this mane is, uh, doesn't have much of a beard at all. It's kept mostly, mostly shaved short. Uh, he's wearing um, sort of uh, light leathers with that same chest harness with nothing really on the chest and a pair of a pair of leather pauldrons attached to that harness designed to um, allow for claws to uh, make purchase without digging into his shoulders if they need to. Uh, he's got like a spear in his left hand that he's just using as a walking implement right now. And he approaches, Ah, newcomers from Razor Hill, Sharkmane. I am Doris. I am the Wyvern Master of Orgrimmar. Bromkar, Wyvern Master. We are here to speak with Overlord Sarfang. Ah, must be news from Garthok then. Indeed. Come, I'll take you to the elevator. <laughs> it's the first, this is the first any of you who have lived in Orgrimmar before have heard of an elevator. <laughs> yep. That's why I'm just following, because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> There's lots of weird words that these strange people use. They're all meaningless. Um, and so you you begin to walk uh, towards the edge of the mesa with uh, Doris, and he leads you to another one of those big dark iron towers. And as you approach it, you realize that this tower is above a giant iron portcullis that serves to section off a section of uh, a part of the city. Um, like so, there's there's a circular ring around the central mesa of Orgrimmar that's called the Drag. It's where a lot of the uh, merchant activity of Orgrimmar sets, because it's just this easy circular ring that you can walk the entire length around the city, and it's where a lot of shops set up. Um, the two sections of the Drag where they enter the Valley of Strength, which is the central area of Orgrimmar that's right inside the main gate, are sectioned off with these giant iron portcullises. That are that have these two large gatehouses on the side that connect um, both ends of the valley above the main body of Orgrimmar, and the one that you're heading to has a large circular elevator in the center of it. Uh, this sort of like wooden platform with iron bandings on the outside of it to keep it steady. And he sort of um, leads you onto the central platform and gives a nod to one of the orcs who is manning the side of it who pulls a lever and there's a jerk as the platform begins to lower down and you find yourselves descending down to the the, the main floor level of Orgrimmar proper. Orgrimmar has seen much reconstruction since last time. So how long has it been since we were in Orgrimmar? Uh, those of you who are here, it's been about a year. Oh, okay. Just just barely over a year, basically. Many new sites and devices. I say stomping on the elevator. <laughs> yes, there's been much rebuilding since the return of the uh, expedition force from Northrend. Mm. The leaders there have brought much of what they learned from the campaign against the Lich King to help reinforce the city. I see. Against any 
Anything in particular? Any threats from the outside? Well, one can never one can never be too secure. Well, progress is progress. As you look around, and the new fortifications <laughs> certainly are impressive. Well, I suspect if you're speaking, if you're intending to speak with Sarfang, you will find him most likely in Gromash Hold. Oh, sorry, is it? yeah, yeah, it's uh, Gromash Hold already. Yes, Gromash Hold, named for Gromshold. And he kind of, as you as you, ex, as you exit the elevator at the body, he points to that massive fortress that you saw in the very center of the Valley of Strength. It was there before all these changes. It was different. It was. It was not there. Yeah. It was moved. Thank you, Flight Master. Yeah, the the first Gromash hole was in the Valley of Wisdom. What? It was in the northeastern end of Orgrimmar, and uh, it was kind of against the wall. I'll start heading in that direction. So I've got the so message. Basically, <laughs> the only place to go. So, and as you as you walk through the through the Valley of Strength, you see, yeah, like a lot of the buildings that you even the ones that you were familiar with have been reinforced with this dark iron. Like uh, as you look across the across Gromash Hole from where you from where you got off from the elevator is the blacksmith that most of you who lived in Orgrimmar have probably seen before. There's. Um, the, um, I've worked the forge before. Yeah, generally, probably. Uh, the Valley of Strength has the um, the Naros Armory, um, which is the 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 blacksmith that is run by uh, Gonto and Rog, um, and the uh, and it has been completely redone. Like, it used to be, you know, stone walls and uh, very simple, like, upward roof with uh, a let-out design for smoke. Um, now it is this, again, this black iron fortif- sort of almost fortification-looking structure uh, with uh, issuing a lot more smoke now than it ever did back before it was rebuilt. Uh, and there's, like, almost this pool of slag that you can see directly out behind it, sort of flowing in and out, um, uh, giving basically molten metal for the forge to work with. I see our new war tree really has an aesthetic he likes. I say, look at all the black iron. <laughs> uh, and uh, as uh, as the as the group of you make your way towards Gromash Hole, um, you spy a, a rather imposing figure making his way out of the uh, out of Gromash Hold. Uh, a large, very large orc, um, not quite as tall as you, but just as broad. Um, Brown skin? No, he's uh, green, green skin, <laughs> long white hair, uh, with a pair of braids again that that reach, that reach down to about chest height, and a um, a metal gorget that is uh, very spiked and uh, aggressive looking. That is sort of resting loosely around his around his chest. It's kind of been loosened up to allow more freedom of movement. Uh, he's got one very large and angrily spiked pauldron on his left arm. Uh, and this heavy plate mail look covered in, again, more spikes, and this giant great axe that is just in his right hand as he steps his way out. 
faces uh, decorated with a pair of uh, war paint lines that kind of extend down around the eye and then over the over the lip right around the tusks on both sides. Uh-huh. Um, you recognize this as Verox Sarfang. Okay, yeah. I was like, would I recognize him because I worked in the military and yeah. I've already served. So, I'll, I will... Uh, uh, what is his name? His title is... Overlord. Overlord? So to the others... There's Overlord Sarfang, and I will make a beeline. All right, follow. All right. So you uh, you make your way towards him, and he seems to be muttering something under his breath. He seems to be aggravated with something. Uh, and as he sees you approach, he looks up and kind of <clears throat> takes a deep breath, inhale, and looks at the group of you. Throw hole, Overlord. Uh, throw hole. I recognize some of you from the Valley of Trials. Uh, you here on business. Indeed. We come from Razor Hill, and I will hand him the message. I see. Already working for Garthok. He takes the letter from you and pops it open, pulls it out, starts to pour over it for a minute. You see his face kind of get more frustrated and kind of more dour as he takes a minute to read over everything that is in the confines of the letter. Dire news indeed. We ill need more offensives coming towards our doorstep. I will have to bring this before the war chief, but getting a solid answer might take some time. Ah. I invite a lot of you to stay here the evening. I suspect it'll be the next morning before I have a <coughs> solid answer formed. Where would you like us to return to in the morning? Meet me here. I'll be waiting. Very well, Overlord. Those of you who have homes here are welcome to stay there. Otherwise, the Valley of Strength here has the uh, the Broken Tusk Inn, if you need lodging. I will nod and step back to allow him to leave without obstruction. Yeah, he's, he, he actually he turns and heads right back into Gromash Holes. All right. With the letter in hand. Well then, I guess we have the day or the evening. What time is it now? Uh, we left early. The sun, just the sun is just setting now. Okay. I look at the rest and see what y'all are doing. When? Uh, I mean, I don't have a home here. <laughs> I'm probably gonna go back to the the orphanage, the beast yards, or oh, the beast yards, yeah, where they're where they're training the young beasts. You know, not the. Not the silly, tame, domesticated ones. Yeah. Alright. Uh, so that'll be in the Valley of Wisdom. Um, where would, where would the, where would the, um, the Blademaster grounds? Uh, probably also the Valley of, uh, that'd be the Valley of Honor, actually. Well, I will be heading over to the Valley of Honor if any of you need me. I'll turn and head that way. I'll try to get by without you. As <laughs> you walk off, <laughs> just shrug. Yeah, the uh, the Valley of Honor is also actually where the where the Beast Halls would be. Actually, it's where the Hunters Hall is, where they do most of the training for most of the beasts, uh, military or otherwise. Okay. So yeah, I've already walked off that way then. Yeah. All right. Uh, the rest of you. I want to just generally. 
explore the city a little bit, see just the extent of how much has changed, and if possible, try to see like if there's a general change in the mood of the city. Like if people are seem generally more tense or worried or proud. Um, how familiar are you? How how long did you spend in Orgrimmar? Um, I imagine it basically would have been the first city I would have gotten to, so... Yeah, so. You've probably been there for... Not terribly long. Not, not super long, but at least for a few months. Yeah. Um, so... The atmosphere here is... A little more <clears throat> tense... Um, it's hard to say in what way, but, well, for one, there's a much stronger military presence uh, just on the streets. Uh, there's more guards positioned at various locations throughout the city. Um, you can see um, uh, military officials, especially in the Valley of Strength, where Gromash Hold had been moved to. Um, it used to be in the Valley of, in the valley of uh, Wisdom, where it could be, or in the Valley of Honor. Um, like on the northeastern end of of Orgrimmar, um, but it's it's been moved here to dead center in the city, um, and it is perhaps a little difficult to get a grasp on everything, just because everyone seems to be busy. Everyone seems to be constantly doing something, preparing for something. Um, and it's difficult to get a read on everyone's opinions because they all seem to be focused on the task at hand kind of thing. Um, Which itself seems like it says a good deal about what's going on as well. Yeah, there's definitely sort of a, a mobilization kind of thing going on. Like everyone is getting ready for something. And it doesn't quite seem like it would be sustainable like this. So it's not just the city changing; it's definitely no, preparing for something. Yeah, something, something getting, something is being readied for. Shiana's gone. Mm-hmm. So you're you're home, probably. I would say near the Valley of Honor, the sort of the back end of of Orgrimmar. Uh, northeast, um, you make your way through the drag um, and out the northeast entrance, um, and yeah, there's this sort of uh, takes you about you know fifteen twenty minutes to walk the length of the drag to get to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's you know there's this this small um, home that is sort of built out of the side of the out of the, out of the side of the the valley. That is um, familiar to you. It hasn't changed too much. Like not even any of these black iron reinforcements that you've seen in a lot of places. It's just a very simple orcish home uh, that you are very familiar with. Mm-hmm. So you head inside. Yeah. So you you uh, you you head inside and you see. Um, <laughs> Your your father Kalmok uh, is um, sort of sharpening an axe, quite literally. <laughs> just uh, just he's sort of 
It's something that he kind of idly does. Like he has, you know, he hasn't used that axe in years, but he just kind of idly sits around and sharpens it, like just taking a whetstone and just idly uh, hones the edge, just because. And it's just kind of, it's that equivalent of someone's dad just sitting on the on the back porch and staring into nothing. You know, it's just that thing that he idly does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as, as you. As you enter, he kind of puts the axe down and, and stands up to greet you. Ah, Shona, it's good to see you. She she smiles a little, gives him a hug. <laughs> takes you takes you in close for a hug and holds you close for a minute. I see you're finally back. Have you have you passed your Almergor? No, I'm still alive. <laughs> so what do we call you now? Shona Flame Carver. Flame Carver. I like it. Strong. Well, uh, your mother's preparing dinner. Would you like to stay for, for food? Yes. And he kind of uh, heads into one of the other rooms. Uh, Sheros! Shiona's back! And there's this, this brief conversation, uh, and as the two of them are talking for a minute, you hear footsteps coming down from upstairs. And uh, after a moment, you see uh, your brother, Merrick, uh, sort of that long black hair that he's always had kind of tied into a pair of braids on the on the chest and uh, one very large prominent ponytail at the back and the rest of it uh, kind of cut shorter than than most would have it most would keep it very long and free but he feels like he's always kind of had this thing about the 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 top knot and the braids are the real sort of symbols of culture, and the rest is just impractical, so he always keeps the rest of it short. Uh, he keeps the rest of it cut pretty close to the head. And he kind of looks at you, and... Ah, ha, sister, you're back. Yes. It's good to see you. Good to see you. He kind of uh, walks up and just... Uh, Extends his left arm, sort of in that that uh, just extending the fist that you two have always had. And... She have the claws on, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Can she do this without claws? Yeah, he's, him? he kind of slides. Okay. He slides his hand around the claws and just press, <laughs> presses your presses. Claws are up here. Your fist is down here. You can do it. Press, press, press your fists together. Okay. And sort of the the greeting that you've always had. Um, I haven't seen you in well, literally a year. <laughs> Yes. So how'd it go? Well, I'm alive. I'm apparently Shiana Flame Carver now. <laughs> it's a good name. Thank you. Meet anyone interesting over the course of the year? Not really. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Reminds me of my year you in the Valley of Trials. <laughs> Still, it's good to see you again. Good thing we're not listening yet. You here by yourself, or are you here with your squad? I'm here with my squad. Well, I mean, I don't know if we've got room for all of them, but if they need a place to stay, we can at least make some room for them. I think they all went their own way. Well, here we are. (laughs) If you want to get some food, I'm sure Mother will be done with it soon. Yes. And he kind of leads you back into what you know is the kitchen, and you see... Your mother, Shiros, uh, her hair is just completely wild and free. She doesn't bother putting too much uh, adornment on any of it. It's just long and kind of brushed back, and she's currently 
butchering the majority of a pig. <laughs> Um, as she's uh, chopping into various pieces, throwing it onto the fire, onto a spit, just kind of turning it a bit. Um, and kind of looks back, ah, there's my murderous little girl. (laughs) (laughs) She smiles at that, full smile. (laughs) I hope you're hungry. I doubt doubt your father's going to eat the majority of this boar. I am indeed. <laughs> Good. About the time you always got killed by a fire element. Shut up. <laughs> You're not here. And we'll, we'll we'll step away from that for a minute. Um, uh, Garrick, you're heading to the Valley of Honor. Yep. <laughs> Want to see if uh, Summer is there? Uh, so or Drekdar, but I think he'd be in the, in the Valley of Wisdom. Well, Drekdar isn't actually in Orgrimmar. Oh, well, I don't know that. <laughs> Drek'dar hasn't been in Orgrimmar in a long time. You know that the, the Frost Wolves actually stayed behind uh, in Alterac Valley. They, okay. haven't, they haven't come to Kalimdor. Okay. Um, you, you, go to the, you go to the Hall of the Brave. Yep. Um, which is the, the, the large barracks for most of the, the, for most of the Crom Corps, or the Corcoran. Um, and you notice the Hall of the Brave... Similarly to most of the other, like government or military or the, the like the seemingly the important buildings, has been refitted with this with this dark iron. Uh, it's much larger, much more imposing. There's a series of four large braziers at each of the four corners that are burning that are burning bright the entire time. Um, and you enter and look around, and sure enough, he's not difficult to spot. The man stands a good foot taller than most other orcs, including you. Uh, his long white beard that stretches down to middle chest, the long, p- the long ponytail that is just all the way down to like below his waist. Yeah. Uh, with sort of a with sort of a dagger tied in, like a dagger blade kind of tied into the end of the ponytail, uh, and the tall sashimono banner that he wears on his back. Samuro, uh, kind of, uh, is in the middle of. In one fluid motion, you see him sever what would be the limbs off of a training dummy in what looked like one swing. All four limbs, both arms, both legs, and the head. <laughs> I'll just wait until he's done, because I don't want to get close. <laughs> uh, he kind of takes a moment, takes that long orcish full blade, which is, you know, it's bigger than a great sword, and he yep. kind of yep. brings it around and sheaths it onto his hip. He carries it on his hip, because he's insane. I will eventually have one of those. Um, and he sort of turns around and looks. <laughs> ah, Garak, good to see you. It's good to see you again, Samuro. What brings you back to Ogrimmar? On a mission for Razor Hill. Ah, starting your first task then. Indeed. I think it would be correct to come and see my master. Hmm, it's good to see you. I hope your training has been keeping up. It has been. We've recently finished our armor gore and have begun working in Razor Hill. Mm. Well, take that task as seriously as any other. I do. Good. I had questions, though. Uh, Orgrimmar has changed drastically in the past year. What is going on? Hmm. The new war chief has brought with him... Innovation from the war against the Lich King. He claims it is for the city's protection that it can be an invincible fortress. And 
He kind of looks around. While I am not as fond of the aesthetic, I can't argue the efficacy. Black iron seems to be <laughs> everywhere. Is it that powerful? To hear tell of it, and I've tested its strength myself, this metal can withstand cannon fire from Alliance siege engines for minutes of, con- of concentrated assault. Do I know what Thorium is? Uh... The you do know vaguely, but it, this isn't quite thorium. It's a unique kind of mesh of several different metals that is sort of a unique blend. That but I, but I know what I, yeah you know what thorium does. And you know what thorium is. How does it compare to thorium? Lighter, but perhaps more durable. Even mm. it doesn't carry the heft that a thorium weapon does in the hands of an orc, but its strength under duress is perhaps even superior. Interesting. Are they making weapons of it, or merely enforcements? Mostly reinforcements. Thorium is still the favored steel for weapons. But siege engines and the like are being outfitted with this metal as well. Is, is his, full, his full blade isn't thorium, is it? No. no. It's just steel. Yeah. Doesn't He doesn't care. I know. I know. I, figured, I, I figured he didn't care, but it was just a, a, a thing that just suddenly popped in my mind. Hmm. Well, it would seem that uh, our mission will keep us here for the evening, so I figured I'd reconnect with you and wander the city for a bit. Well, welcome back to Orgrimmar. As you've seen, I'm sure you noticed a lot's changed, but it is still our city. Well, that's good to know. Well then, I will leave you to your training. It has been good seeing you, Master. It's good to see you as well. I'll give him a bow and head out. <laughs> Remember, the longest journey begins with the first step. Everything that you are about to do is just as important as everything you will be doing. I will remember that, Master. Very well. And I'm just gonna I'm just basically gonna wander the wander the town ta- wander Orgrimmar until it's time to sleep and then just find a crevice. Because right. I don't have a home. <laughs> I mean, those who don't have a home are... I mean, there's the there's the, uh, the Broken Tusk Inn, you know. Yeah, but there's a reason why I'm not staying there. All right. So you just find a place, find a place to sleep. Yep. You know. uh, the rest of you... Are there any uh, tinkers in the area? Like, I need to figure out where the industrial hub is. Figure out if anybody's making anything uh, here and there. Uh, so that would probably be uh, you sort of head um, west as you start. As you sort of start to look around, um, and you see. Um, at the southwestern end of the Valley of Strength, um, there's a, another one of those large iron portcullises that sort of sections off different places in the city. Um, and just beyond it, you see what looks to be a um, a, a, um, a uh, machine yard. Um, okay, that sounds fun. That where you where you see like a number of a number of orcs. Um, 
working on the demolishers that you've seen as this, the primary siege engine that oh, orcs right. that the horde uses to sort of like they're like um, rail catapults kind of a thing where the uh, they're designed they're these sort of large um, pillar uh, large front two pillars hold on to a, a tense rope a tension rope. And uh, a a explosive charge is placed in this sort of rail between two iron bars and pulled back. It's like a giant slingshot kind right. of, okay. where it's like it, the the wep- the explosive payload is pulled back and then launched a lot launched across this rail that sort of gets a spin going. Um, I'm just gonna walk around and see if anybody's still uh, working on things or just. Cool. <clears throat> There's a number of engineers that are working on a variety of things. Um, a variety of things. Um, okay. You you spot uh, <clears throat> like the lone goblin amongst all of these orcs who is kind of you know like overseeing a couple of a uh, couple of workers. It's like no 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 no. Okay, you, you gotta keep the if you don't keep the tensile strength on the launch, you're gonna drop your own explosive payload on your feet. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. So, how long have you been doing this kind of work? What? Oh, sorry. Uh, he turns to face you as you, as you, as you greet him. Uh, he kind of. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, it's good to see one of my kind around here. What's your, What's your name, pal? I'm I'm Glibs. I'm Josh. Ah, uh, Josh. He's just passing through on a little assignment for Razor Hill. The, the, the the goblin before you is sort of. Yeah, sort of the two long ears that kind of curve backward more than up, and so they're kind of like very swept back. And he's got these two like brown mutton chops that kind of rest around that kind of rest around here. Same, you know, giant nose, but more more wide than long. Uh, he kind of is wearing a, a foreman's hat uh, with sort of the the light on it that's currently off. Uh, and sort of you know basic leather jerkin and big leather gloves to help you know work with machinery. Um, yeah, hey, just so what you passing through looking for? <coughs> oh, I was just uh, wanting to see what kind of things you guys are building here and uh, what kind of materials you guys use for this and that. Well, right now I'm currently working on these demolishers here. Uh, just trying to get them up and running for the next horde effort. Apparently everybody's getting in gear nowadays. We gotta get ready for the next fight. Apparently everything's getting put together. I tell you what, I could use someone who actually knows how to calibrate a spring. Let me tell you. Oh, because <laughs> none of these guys are putting this together. I really? Can, I can actually do that. Yeah. Really? Yes. Tell you what, I could use your help. Okay. Because I need to get these bozos to understand how to get this tensile strength on these springs just right. Because they keep, I mean, they keep either over tensing it or under tensing it, and you know what happens when you do either of those? You either get no launch or the thing snaps. Right. Exactly. And they're not quadratensing it. So, uh... You want, you want to give these guys a hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, can, I can show these guys I give a you, bit here I, and there. I'll tell you what, i give you a bit of coin if you get it right for them and show them how to do it right. All right. I can do that. Yeah. If you want, you can make me three engineering checks. Three? Okay. Uh, a 20, an 11, and a 16. Overall, pretty good. Cumulative score. So, 
You grant. Uh, you, you sort of. You walk around the rest of the demolishers and you sort of like show everybody just how many times around they need to wind the uh, the uh, the the bar that sort of sets up the the the, le- the mechanism for launching. Yeah. And you sort of give everyone a basic explanation of what happens if you if you if you muck up any of the springs that are involved in in, in keeping these things in operation. Right. Uh, and just kind of. Give it to the more layman's terms than you imagine Glibs is usually doing. Right, because um, yeah, he does seem to be very patient. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, after a while, you, you you watch them do it a couple of times, and they seem to get the gist of it, and they're getting they're getting the spring load a lot a lot closer to accurate. And you imagine with a little bit of practice, they'll get it just right. And so you you, you head back to Glibs. He's like, "Well, I'll be. <laughs> uh, I should have known it would take another goblin to get this stuff sorted out." Yep. These these big fellas, I think, they know everything. Ah, uh, well. That's the power of goblin engineering, though. Yep. Size don't matter none. All right, well, thank you for that. And uh, you know what? Here's some coins for you. He kind of gives you a sack, and it's got, you know, uh, 25 silver in it, you know. Okay. Something to work with. Good. Good wage. Yeah. I mean, this is siege engineering. <laughs> yes. This is, this is engineering work. This is where the big money is. Yeah, blacksmithing, yeah, you make money in bulk. Engineering, you make money in one thing. It's like, okay. uh, you need any more work any, every, every now and then? Come back and see me. I might have something for you. Sure, okay. Alright. Uh, step away from that. Anyone else? Um, so what, what, so what, what condition are then the new, the new animals in? Um, so, you make your way also to the Valley of Honor and to the, the Hunter's Hall. Um, which is a, um, very similarly to a lot of the other buildings that you've seen, although you didn't pay as much attention to it on, on other structures. Uh, because he didn't care as much. The Hunter's Hall has been reinforced with this dark metal that's been brought in uh, that you've seen around. Um, it's still got that very open roof designed to, you know, let the animals get a get view of the air and let the flying ones get in and out easier. Um, but it's sort of reinforced with these metal spikes that sort of forms a protective barrier against anything that isn't trying carefully to land properly. Um... And you see, you know, on the inside, there's uh, the the uh, the kennel master and the trainers that you that you that you knew before. There's uh, around seven orcs that handle the hunters' hall in general. There's uh, Goldor, Ormac, and Korla, who are the the hunter trainers, or the ones who teach other orcs and other members to interact with the animals on a more personal level than most orcs do. Uh, they're, they're sort of the ones who teach that hunter style interaction. Um, there's uh, Kildar, who is the riding trainer. He handles training the riding mounts. Uh, uh, Ogonaro is the one that you probably interacted with the most. He's the kennel master. He's the one who handles the young animals and mm-hmm. sort of makes sure they're fed and watered and makes sure they all have everything they need. Uh, Drukma is the one who handles civilian pets. He's the one who handles um, domestic animals, uh, dogs more than wolves, but mostly wolves still. Um... Uh, and then Murog uh, is the one who handles the stables. He's the one who takes other people who are in here temporarily and stables their mounts and takes care of them. Okay. 
Uh, let's start off. Um, who is who is here currently? All seven of them, or yeah, all seven of them are still here. Okay. Um, probably check with the kennel master first because it's most direct contact. See how he's, you know, I will actually introduce myself, you know, to him yeah. because he is the, I suppose, the alpha of the of the kennels, yeah, of the kennels. Yeah, Oganaru Wolf, Oganaru Wolf Runner, uh, who you vaguely remember that name occasionally when you're when you're told to recall it. I, you know, when I hear that name, I I can associate it with because I've heard the name of like I associate with somebody's directing something at this individual. Yeah. Um, so you know, he he's in the in in the back uh, with some of the younger animals. He's um, relatively middle aged for an orc. He's got sort of that that brown that brown hair that a lot of orcs have is sort of in this sort of swept back mohawk. All the sides are completely shaven off, and the, the top is just this tall mohawk that sort of slides gets a little bit shorter in the back. Um, and he's kind of like corralling a bunch of the. Uh, a bunch of the the younger wolves that need to um, get out of the way of the <laughs> of the large kodo that's being brought through. He's just kind of making sure they're all out of the way and kept safe while this kodo is sort of trundling past. He's like, "All right, go back and go play again." He kind of like indicates, and they all run past him and go back and continue playing with each other, sort of pouncing and jumping around. And okay. Um... How many animals are like? Is this full-on menagerie, or is it mostly wolves? Kodos? It's, it's fairly menagerie-like. There's uh, there's you know that that handful of about five or six wolf cubs that are playing around with the three or four wolves that are probably watching over them. Uh, there's about four kodos off to one side um, that keep mostly to themselves, and then there's like a half dozen raptors. Um, most of them adults. Not not too many young raptors in here right now. Um, uh, and then there's one skeletal warhorse, which is a little bit off-putting to the other animals, but over time they just kind of get used to it being there. It's just this undead warhorse that is mostly skeleton. It doesn't even smell bad at this point. The bones have been picked clean for so long. It's just yeah. it's just a walking set of bones with a saddle that that it carries around. It stares at you. It never blinks. It doesn't have eyes to blink with. Exactly. And we were just discussing how odd-looking horse skulls are. Yep. <laughs> horse skulls are disturbing. Uh, well, I will. You know, I will uh, rush up to the kennel master first, and um, you know, on all fours, do a. As I was taught not to, you know, jump on people or you know, do that sort of thing. I will. Give this, give the salute that I was taught, the greeting that I give to, to this species of animals, which is the, you know, kind of a bow with the, what, what's the horn? It's just a chest. Yeah, so it's, you know, we, yeah. an awkward imitation of it, but yeah. the meaning's there. Uh, yeah, is it? Ah, Galthon, good to see you. And you hear that name again, and you understand that this person doesn't know what he's supposed to call you, but he's not calling you the Galthon out of malice, like yeah, like other ones are told. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of good to see you again. I see you're back from the Valley of Trials. I will, I will bob up and down, you know, look around at the animals and 
And he sort of he sort of like kneels down onto onto one one fist on the ground, the other one just kind of on his knees. He gets back, he gets down to eye level, uh, down to eye level with you. He kind of gives you a nod, and he just kind of looks at you inquisitively, like, "What are you looking for?" Uh, I will I will indicate the the animals here. Get get his okay that you know I can interact with the animals because I'm sure that he's had to stop me from doing so in the past. Yeah. He kind of he kind of looks over at them, looks back at you, gives you a nod. I will, I will rush over and introduce myself to the raptors in the way that I do. Yeah. Uh, these are new raptors. They're you said they're mostly adults. Mostly adults. Um, but no, is there a dominant raptor obvious? Or are these still fairly young? Adults? They're still they're still fairly young. They haven't established any kind of pecking order yet. Okay, so I will introduce myself as an outsider by approaching, you know, sharing scent, that sort of thing, letting m- making aware of existence. Yeah. So you, you, you spend you spend an amount of time introducing yourself to the raptors of the group primarily. Um, there's a number of different types of raptors. Um, there's the you know the standard you know the red raptors that you see a lot around the valleys of Duratar, but there's also um, a couple of uh, the more like blue teal raptors that have a little yeah. bit of feathering around the head um, that uh, you see more common along the islands to the south, the Echo Isles, where the trolls uh, used to yes. live. Which was, and the, the blue raptors are the ones I identify with more strongly. Generally speaking, yeah. Um, and then uh, there is uh, one almost obsidian black raptor uh, who is kind of the the quiet one, the one that, that sort of keeps himself separate from the group the most, and one albino almost, like this completely pale white raptor with sort of like a purple underbelly. Would I presume that he's just an albino raptor, or that this is... I mean, your understanding of it is not that he is albino, but this is just a breed of raptor that has white skin. Okay. So it's not. So I recognize that there is an entire subgroup of raptors who are white, an entire subgroup that are black. Yeah. My family. What do I know about those types? Uh, you know that the the, the 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 obsidian raptors tend to uh, come from more um, uh, volcanic. Regions they okay. they they come from regions where there's a lot more heat and energy that sort of darkens the scales, um, and the, the 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 whiter like the more snowy colored raptors. That coloration snowy is the, yeah they, they, yeah they, that Camel coloration is, that coloration is to blend in with the snow. Okay, you, you know they are still not warm blooded, but naturally higher body temperature than most raptors. Okay, um, as I after I'm done. Introducing myself to the raptors, uh, I will see. I will do what I'm used to and approach the the variety of people around here and see if there's any of them who are in need of who who have I'm trying to think of the phrases who um, have orders isn't the right word, but you need like. I would recognize these as my particular alphas. So, you know, seeing what what it is that needs to be done for this pack. You're looking for quest markers over the mounts. That's kind of his thing, if you haven't done it. I'm just clarifying that for everyone else. I'm, I'm looking among the orcs who are in charge of the Hunter's Hall, because oh, I recognize okay. that the orcs are the alphas of the animals. Okay. Okay. Just like when I was in the other city, I recognized that that troll was the alpha, yes. even though the animals have their pecking order. The troll was the one who 
was over okay. them. You said you were like, looking for people, but your definition of people is unhelpfully vague. This sometimes. is fair. That's why. That's yeah. why I wasn't sure if you're talking about orcs or not. Fair. No, I'm looking among the orcs and seeing, you know, okay. reacquainting and seeing if anyone needs assistance. If, if the pack needs anything, you know, what what does the pack need? Because I'm sure that I hang around there enough. I'm sure they've made use of. Oh yeah. Do things before. definitely. Um, uh, as you. As you sort of ask around, um, ask might not be the right word. I, I know, but <laughs> inquire, inquire. Yes. Um, you sort of interact with the with the rest of the orcs, um, and you find um, mostly that Murog just kind of needs a hand making sure all of the animals that other people have stabled have food, uh, yeah. and because he he's there's a lot coming in lately. The stables are pretty much full up, and he's only one orc trying to make sure everything is fed and has water. Alright, I'll probably help with that and clean out stables. I'm, I, I'm, I'm one of those animals that has been brought up with strong, clean instincts. Mm-hmm. As... So, you know, you help, you help clean out the stables and help make sure everything's been fed, has water. Check over the animals that are stabled there, make sure that they've been cared for, none of them have any like infections in their feet because yeah. these fools that ride them seem to think that they're beasts of burden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's less true in general of the orcs because of the, the, the bond that most orcs have with wolves and in general. Um, but it's definitely some some of the species of the of the horde, especially the Forsaken, have difficulty distinguishing animals as anything other than beasts of burden. Um, that said, their mounts are usually undead, just as they are, so it's a little bit less of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, I'm sure that the more rash orcs, uh, like the one who has taken power, from what I understand, yes, uh, may not appreciate. Yeah, not all. Not all of the orcs appreciate their animals like uh, the more traditional orcs do. Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely a couple of them that are not treated as well as they should be. So, but you, you do know that is the exception rather than the rule, though. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you, you spend some time there uh, interacting. Um, anyone else have anything in specific? So, uh, I do go to the inn, mm-hmm. and uh, I ask... Major... Uh, 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 I go to the uh, the, uh, the the front desk there, wherever they have, and I ask uh, uh, and introduce myself. Uh, I am Brick. Uh, I am Brick uh, Earth Whisper. I am here. Uh, we, my group, and I have arrived on a mission from uh, Razor Razor Hill. Razor Hill. Um, we we will be staying here for for the well, some a few of us will be staying here for the evening. Uh, I wish to ask: uh, Is there access to the roof? Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the innkeeper is sort of, uh, a female orc, um, who is, uh, entirely, her, her, she, she's, uh, her head is shaved bald, uh, it's just, like, completely, uh, shaved off, and she's wearing these sort of, like, blue leather pants and a brown jerkin that sort of identifies her as the one in charge, because she's, she's, she's the one that sort of is wearing the most because she's the one that's inside all day, you know, whereas everyone else is, like, vests and, like, not a whole lot uh, being worn because of how hot it is outside. 
she's inside the inn all the time, so she wears more than most people. Um, and so she kind of she kind of looks around. Um, uh, her she kind of introduces herself. Ah, yes, good to see you. Good to meet you, Brick. I'm Grishka. I'm the innkeeper here. It's a G R Y S H K A. Once you got that down. Uh, yes, we can we can get you uh, roof access if you need it. There's a ladder out back if you need to climb up to the roof and get some sun or just rest uh, underneath the stars. That is a different way. Mm. Thank you. Well, uh, staying here for the night, it's not expensive, for, especially for those of us, especially for those of us serving in the military. It'd be three copper a night. That'll work. Uh, I, I, I go ahead and pay you now the three copper. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, shall, I believe I shall uh, explore the uh, the area for a bit before I return to rest. Wow. Well, we have food here if you need it. Food and drink, especially for newcoming military. Food's on the house. Oh. And I believe I shall, I shall uh, eat before I wander off. Go ahead. I'll get some mutton for you. Thank you. And I eat before, yep. I, I, eat before I, I go around looking around. Yep. I, I'm just I'm just uh, looking around, see what, what's around the area. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you sort of get a feel for the for the Valley of Strength, um, which is where the where the uh, the broken tusk is at, um, and it. There's a number of different buildings that are around here, but um, of notable interest, um, there is the auction house, uh, where people who have something to sell can give it to the auction house and name a starting price, and they'll see what they can do to sell it to those who come by. Anyone who's looking for it can pay them, can pay them, give them money for it. Whoever wins the wins the auction gets it, obviously, and they give the item out, hold on to the money until whoever put the auction up returns, and or they mail it to them if they know where they're going to be. Um, uh, there's the the bank of Orgrimmar, exactly what it says in the tin. Uh, it's a bank, and it's in Orgrimmar. Uh, the broken tusk is the inn. Uh, the chop house is the the butchery, um, which is the uh, the meat shop. You know, it's where you can get uh, fresh meat, preserved meat, salted meat, etc. Um, there's uh, guild services. Uh, guild services, the um, your basic understanding of how guilds work among the Horde and the even the Alliance to a certain extent, uh, actually to the same extent because both of them had to do this. Uh, guilds are basically um, collections of individuals who have all signed together a charter. They they pay a fee to the to the guild service to have their guild registered among the Horde, so they're recognized wherever they go. Um, and they sort of establish a recognized. It's sort of like establishing your own company. Your own bit, your your own like uh, company among among the horde, so that you are you and those who work with you among this guild are recognized by anyone who recognizes guilds. Uh, so it's just sort of a way of forming a group to establish certain tasks. Um, and there's a number of different value, a number of different types of guilds. There's uh, merchant guilds, there's military guilds, there's adventuring guilds. People who gather together to uh, do what needs to be done for anyone in the world, whether it be the military or not. Um, and different guilds form for different purposes, but there's a variety of them, and all of them are sort of gathered and categorized via the guild services hall. Um, 
There's uh, Gromash Hold, the central fortress in the middle of the Valley of Strength, the one that you met Sarfang at. Uh, there's the narrow. There's Narrows' armory, which is the blacksmith. It's where uh, a lot of heavy metal blacksmithing is going on. You can see it's perpetually busy, almost. Um, the Orgrimmar General Store is a very small, kind of dark iron building, but it's exactly what it says. It's a general store where you can get most things that you might need. Right. Um, the the uh, the Shattered Axe is a. Uh, uh, it's less of a building and more of um, a stall, kind of off the side of the uh, off the side of the uh, Gromash Hold. Uh, and it's uh, there's a, an orc by the name of Urtharo who is he's a weapon seller. Um, he anything the either the blacksmith might be able to make he sort of sells it. Or any weapons that come in from out of town, he sells. So he's he's the guy that you want to talk to for like firearms. Uh, any weapons that the that orcs wouldn't make, generally speaking, you can get um, like guns. Uh, Elvish make weapons from from Quel'Thalas. Um Generally, anything, any and all weapons is what he sort of deals in. Um, uh, there is uh, Spirit Fury Reagents. Uh, similarly, is another uh, another stand uh, this, again off of Gromash Hold, sort of near the back, uh, run by uh, an orc by the name of Horthus, who sells magical reagents. He sells ingredients for spells, ingredients for magic, for enchanting, for uh, scroll scribing, etc., etc. What was it? Uh, that, that's uh, Spirit Fury Reagents is run by Horthus. H O R. T-H-U-S, and it's in the Valley of Strength, sort of behind the uh, Gromash Hold. Uh, and then perhaps the uh, most uh, <laughs> impressive of the stands that are not individual whole shops that are outside of the that are outside of the Gromash Hold is Stranglethorn Imported Fruits and Spirits. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, it's a fruit shop and an ale shop uh, run by uh, Shanti uh, who is a uh, an orc woman sort of long purple uh, pigtails uh, uh, she sells uh, she, she's right next to Horthus's shop actually she sells um, fruits and alcohol um, that get imported from across various places, which is a surprisingly lucrative business when you consider that Duratar is a desert, and so they don't get a whole lot of exotic fruit, so the fruit that she imports tends to sell pretty well. And that's, that's, most, of, that's most of the Valley of Trial, or the Valley of Strength, sorry. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of different um, other buildings aside from that, but that's, that's the majority of the important locations. Okay. Uh, at any point in time, do I write? An, have to write an elevator again? Uh, not if you don't want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I probably find a place uh, um, near the Valley of Wisdom, near where the Talons gather. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite there, but near there to just sort of like find a crevice to sleep in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Valley of Wisdom, you notice, has changed uh, a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, it's where most of the Torin seem to be congregating now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you notice there's a lot less Torin in the streets uh, yeah. of, of Orgrimmar and in General Hole. They all seem to have gathered around the Valley of Wisdom. Um, 
and, and uh, you can you can see there's there's still a few of the remains of uh, uh, Gromash Hold uh, off to one side that sort of been have been taken down uh, over the course of uh, the rebuilding, um, and a lot of a lot of what used to be the the foundation for that is a, is, a, is a setup for a lot of the tents that the Torn are using. And yeah, I'll just I'll just find some place that sort of has a good view of the lake. There, there isn't a lake there. <laughs> not yet. Cataclysm is oh, not that's right. Yet. That's right. There's no lake yet. But I'm still thinking of Orgrimmar as it is. Um, I'll find. I'll just find a place that has a good view of the of the area and mm-hmm. just set up and where a lake would be. Where the lake will eventually be. <laughs> Time travel. Yeah. And just like say it, say it, say a thank you to the earth spirits around for not collapsing in on the city a long time ago, <laughs> and go to sleep. All right. So you get your rest. Anyone else have anything else to say? Is there any kind of presence of the holy light whatsoever? I mean, the light is present in all things, but yeah. whether there is there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of veneration here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, um, Aren't that there a bunch of forsaken who they they have their own thing because the light isn't really the light is painful to the to the undead. They worship the shadow. Yeah, the uh, the cult of the forgotten shadow is the primary religion of the of the forsaken, um, which is the literal inverse of the holy light. Yeah, the holy light kills them. Blood elves worship the light, kind of. Yeah. Blood elves actively do. Blood but they're elves. not here. But there aren't, there aren't a lot of blood elves in Orgrimmar, and you only see a couple of them, and they seem to be passing through. They don't really seem to live here. Yeah. Um, they haven't set up shop yet. Um, but uh, if you sort of make your way down into the Valley of Shadows, or no, the Cleft of Shadows, sorry. If you sort of make your way down to the Cleft of Shadows, uh, that is where you will find most of the spiritual and or magic users who are not shamans, basically. Nice. Uh, most of the... Sh- most of the sh- comfortable shamans. <laughs> There's uh, bad juju down there. Most of the shamans and witch doctors and some of the priests of the trolls tend to stick around the Valley of Wisdom. Um, but any of the, like, forsaken priests who might be in, who might be in the area, any of the warlocks of the orcs, uh, any of the mages, honestly... Uh, tend to spend their time down in the cleft of shadows, where it's it's dark, it's dimly lit, it's quiet though, and it's a nice place for people to be calm and do research and practice, and you know, be amongst themselves and summon demons and you know, yeah, <laughs> that kind of great stuff. You can just go ahead to one of the altars and just give it a blessing, <laughs> see what happens. Well, let's, let's kill this imp for you real quick. <laughs> okay, get the <laughs> let the fell flow through you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not actually what the fuck the shadow is. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm just curious enough, but mostly I'm just going to go there and kind of just see what it's see what it's about. Mostly, you head down, so you head down the left, descend into darkness. So you, you head down to the Cleft of Shadows, and the Cleft of Shadows is so named because it's very dark. It is literally, uh, it is literally, you know, the, the central mesa that I described is in the very dead center of Orgrimmar. The Cleft of Shadows is dug underneath that mesa, so it's sort of there's a, there's like 
two entrances into it, one on one in the Valley of Strength and one in the middle of the drag, um, that lead down into this underground cavern that has been hollowed out um, for the Cleft of Shadow. Um, and it's very purple lit. Uh, there's a lot of, like, bioluminescent material that's placed in small lanterns that seems to uh, glow purple. Uh, because, you know, fire is down here less helpful when it's really enclosed and it can get just kind of clog the air. So uh, they use they use a lot of, like, non-burning materials, like sort of bioluminescent <laughs> fungus and stuff like that to help illuminate the cloud of shadows. And it's got this very purplish glow, very dim light. Um, and you see, uh, as you as you walk around and just kind of get your get your bearings, yeah, it's quiet. It's almost peaceful down here, kind of, in, in a way that the upper Orgrimmar is very loud and noisy. And you see, you, you, the, the loudest noise you hear is the occasional droning of incantations. Uh, and you sort of, you sort of inc- look around and see where they're coming from, and you see uh, an orc, uh, an orc warlock dressed in sort of like dark blacks and purple robes. Uh, and he's kind of um, in the middle of conversation with an imp. And you understand, like imps, especially of, of like the smaller demons. Warlocks are not allowed to have them walking the main streets for obvious reasons. Um, but down here in the Cleft of Shadows is where they're primarily allowed to have their practices. Um, and it's this one in particular seems to be having like almost idle conversation, like seeming like trying to get information out of it, but not in like an interrogation kind of way. Uh, it's like the imp's just kind of sitting on its shoulder as it like sits down in front of a, a, a like a small campfire. Not that one's going to make a lot of smoke, but just once enough to provide a little bit of warmth and illumination, and he's just kind of quietly conversing with this imp uh, as he sort of performs incantations around the fire. I'm curious if there's any hints down here, because it seems like this is where all of these sort of fringe things might end up being. Um... Is there any kind of techno magic sort of thing? Techno mage. Um, that's actually a good question. I'll do with the goblins, I think. Um, actually, um, there is um, there's an orc actually um, by the name of uh, Rundok. Uh, where it's sort of like lighter violet colored robes and he's got this sort of blue crystalline staff that sort of marks him as a mage. Um, um, and he sort of has like balding on the top, sort of long growing, kind of turning gray beard. Uh, and he's got um, this small circular metallic device that is sort of outstretching into forming these sort of like triangular series of limbs. And uh, there's this spark of magic that, that swirls around it. And there's just this blue sphere in the center of it. And you have no idea what it's about or what it's for. But it's just this sort of, like, blue swirling, almost ovoid shape in the center of these three prongs of metal. Spellcraft? Sure. Uh, 13. It's hard to say. It smacks of some kind of uh, conjuration magic, maybe, because it's sort of like an object that's being held in place, but mm-hmm. not certain exactly what it would be. 
So where where is he exactly? Uh, so the the, the cloud of shadows kind of like descends in this couple of tiers into this bowl at the very and sort of near the top end, near near the entrance, uh, is this orc. He's just kind of sitting outside the uh, outside of one of the one of the small tents that's been built into the side of the cleft, just kind of uh, reading over a book, kind of muttering to himself. And are there any like? It's basically just him with the book there, essentially. Uh, there's a couple of other mages around, but he's the only one standing near this device. <laughs> I was going to kind of take a moment to inspect it, sort of in passing, HQ but. For twenty five thousand dollars. The HQ price today is twenty five thousand. Roll me. Uh, engineering with your intelligence. Fifteen. Um. So it seems like most of the mechanical engineering aspects seem to be almost a channel. Like a, there's, they're kind of a. Um, a conduit kind of thing, or they sort of provide a, a matrix and a focus for whatever this arcane magic is that sort of focuses it and holds it steady so that it doesn't require a massive influx of power to maintain. Hmm. I'm going to sort of move in a little bit closer to look at it. Does he notice me? Or yeah, as, as, you, as you step forward... Uh, he kind of looks up from his book and Can I help you, Halfling? Well I was wondering, what exactly does this device do? I noticed the interesting mechanisms of it, that it seems to be channeling some kind of conjuration magic. The mechanisms of it are fascinating. Ah. That is the that is a portal gateway. It is a channel for arcane magics of teleportation, which opens and maintains a stable portal when I provide the magical energy to create desi- to create the designated destination. It's inactive right now, as you can see. It's closed, and he indicates how it's just a blank blue blob of energy right now, basically. But if I provide the magic and the proper location. It will open a portal to anywhere that is not protected against. Hmm. So a way of casting a teleportation spell with less of the effort required. Same amount of effort as might go into a teleportation, but maintains it longer, creating a portal instead of a singular effect. Hmm. Fascinating. I know the blending of technology and magic being, of course, a rather new science. Where exactly did you learn to? This is one of the few. This, this is one of the few interactions of magic and technology I'm familiar with. Um, if you wish to learn more, you need to seek out a group of individuals called the what were they? Mm, uh, yes, the Cabal of Five and a Third. The Cabal of Five and a Third. <coughs> Interesting. Uh, 
their home is difficult to locate. It moves regularly. Uh, it's a, shall we say, a teleporting fortress that they tend to position wherever most suits their studies at the time. So finding them on your own will likely be very fortunate, but not impossible. I'm guessing there's a lot of gnomish and goblin engineering involved with that. Gnomes, a couple of goblins, and one of my kind, an orc, actually. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> and a handful of humans. That makes sense. Humans tend to, uh... Give everything. They tend to do, uh... Whatever they wish. Yes. So we've noticed. But, if you're interested in the designs and mechanics, you're welcome to take a thorough look at it. Just try not to tamper with it. Of course not. It's expensive to build, unfortunately. Yeah, such as uh, always the limitation of cutting-edge technology. Indeed. Does a longer investigation net me anything more? Uh, it gives you a little bit. Um, you sort of investigate it a little bit, and you sort of vaguely begin to understand how it sort of channels power back into itself rather than letting it disperse, which lets it extend the duration of a spell for far longer than it should be. Uh, which only seems to be... It seems to be specifically tuned for teleportation magic. So, it, like, you couldn't just cast, like, um, any spell in particular just randomly into this thing and it would extend it the way that it does a portal. It's specifically tuned for teleportations. Does it seem like these general principles could be adapted to non-arcane magic? Theoretically. Um, it would be difficult and would require a lot of experimentation, trial and error, but possibly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Fascinating design. Thank you for your time, sir. Of course. If you have any more questions, feel free to ask. For now, I think I'll leave you to your studies. Mm. He sort of returns to his book. I'm going to go ahead and probably go make sure that I have a place at the end now. Alright. So you, you head out to find the, the broken Tuscan. And same thing, you get three copper a night. Alright. And I guess once I'm sort of more settled into the room and I imagine it would be a thing, I'd just be doing as night begins to fall, I'm going to kind of start experimenting with sort of observing my uh, spells a bit more carefully. Like, for instance, like damaging the quarterstaff I have, then repairing it with... Um, uh, Cure uh, no mend mending cure moderate cure cure like cure minor damage yeah it was the uh, repair uh, minor damage repair minor damage yeah so just doing that over and over again and just sort of trying to observe it both from the perspective of it seeing it just 
like spellcraft and knowledge arcana sort of things looking at it. And then also, sort of as I do that, trying to contact the spirits, sort of feel if there's any kind of movement of the spirits as I uh, perform those spells. Uh, go ahead and roll me a spirit roll. Was that 16? 16? So you're not used to competing with the spirits. It's something that's still very new to you uh, in general. But and as you sort of reach out your senses in that similar way that you did at the the, the monolith for your Omrigor, um you get a vague sense of the spirit of air and the spirit of water uh, sort of individual spirits uh, taking an interest in your goings-on, but they don't actually reach out to speak or commune with you. You sort of get the sense that they are there. Does it seem like that's related to me channeling the Holy Light, or just me? Less the Holy Light and more your own nature. Um, they just seem to have taken an interest in you. <laughs> they don't seem to be willing to express it yet, but they are paying attention to your existence, basically. The water makes sense. The air. That's interesting. Alright. <clears throat> Anything else? Alright. Um, I end up over at the inn also. Yeah? yeah I'm not over there, so. Yeah. You three copper a night? Yeah. No. Um, so. Um, back at Shiona's home. Uh, the, the group of you are kind of. Um, Sitting around having having a meal, uh, just kind of uh, having idle conversation over the uh, over the food that that your mother has prepared, as um, your your brother is just kind of eating eating a bit, but mostly just having a drink of water as he kind of goes slowly at the food as he occasionally does, mostly just having a drink. Um, uh, he uh, the, the the notation is made um, at some point in conversation as families do uh, that um, Merrick is heading out soon and uh, the question being raised um, he kind of looks across yes um, I'm joining one of the guilds actually he says as he takes a drink uh, the Blood Red Legion are heading closer to the front lines. I'm actually deploying a week from now. No. Well, time goes by. It's tomorrow, actually. I'm heading out. Uh, but it's good to have seen you before I had to head out and deploy. Yes. <laughs> Do you know when you'll be back? I don't know, actually. Uh, apparently, there's some kind of... What? Nothing. <laughs> sure. uh, the, the the legion apparently is being deployed to uh, one of the front lines in the Eastern Kingdoms. Uh, apparently, there's something going on near the Highlands to the Far East that has riled up the attention of the current war chief, and he wants forces on it immediately. Be safe. You know, I always am. 
Um, let me spot check for a second. All right. Eighteen. Eighteen. Uh, so your brother is doing that thing that he always does, um, that you almost forgot that he did over the course of the year that you've been gone. Um, both of his arms are fine, but whenever he's in your presence, whenever he's spending time with you, he will only ever use his left arm. Uh, just like his right arm has just been sitting limp at his side the entire time. It's just kind of... You, you understand that from him it's basically his show of solidarity and understanding and it's like you I'm not I'm not going to show off the fact that I have both of my limbs just to just to spite you. I only need the one anyway. So he's just kind of the entire time he's been going at his meal with one hand, his food his drink with one hand. Even even when it would have been more efficient to reach with his right hand to grab the drink that's in front of him, he reaches with his left and just And it, it's a thing that he does to show that he cares about you, and you don't know whether or not he realizes that he does it anymore. It's just kind of instinctual. Something she's probably used to. Yeah. So that's just one of those things. And you, you, uh, you, you all finish your meals eventually. Um, and uh, Shiro, uh, your mother, uh, Shiro, kind of speaks up. So. Are you staying with us for the night? We have your room still prepared. Yes, if you'll have me. Absolutely. Uh, you're heading out again in the morning as well? I think so. Well, it's good to see you at least for once. Yes. And remember, anytime you're back home in Ogremar, you're welcome to come back here. Thank you. I know. You all kind of adjourn to your rooms, and it's the first time that you've seen your room in a long time. Um, it's your bed is still there as you had left it. Um, the couple of decorations that you had on your walls still there. Mm-hmm. Everything's been kept clean and tidy. Um, mm. <laughs> you say decorations? I just mixture like blood and. <laughs> I'm thinking carcasses. more like trophies, like yes. animal trophies and stuff. Yeah, no, no. Dead rabbits and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that dead guy is still on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, after after a minute of uh, you know contemplating your room for a minute, you hear your your brother step in behind you, and he just kind of leans in the leans in the doorway for a minute. So, how's life in the military treating you now? Haven't been in there for too long. No, but I feel like you've got at least a sense of what's going on. What's happening here? I noticed all the fortification. That's a good question, and I honestly wish I could answer you. But it seems like the war chief is keen on the prospects of war, shall we say. He seems to think that Flaring and conflict is inevitable, and we're going to be back at the throats of the Alliance again in no time. I've noticed he's a little bloodthirsty. Yeah. Honestly, I would have, I would have liked a few years of peace, but it seems like no one seems to think that's going to happen. Suppose not. But 
That's part of why I'm being deployed to the front lines and why you're serving in the military. Someone has to keep people like our parents safe. Yes. People who can't or don't want to fight anymore. Promise you're going to come back. Oh, it's going to take a lot more than a human to keep me down. I feel like there's a foreshadowing here. I mean, things like that are just famous last words. Two humans. (laughs) Or a dwarf. Or a dwarf. Morgan. But here, before both of us head off again, (laughs) let me fix your brains for a minute. I can do that myself. I know you can, but let your brother do something nice for you once in a while. Oh. And this this is this is the one task that he will actually use both of his hands for. Is he he sort of like very carefully takes your braids out and begins to slowly reweave them uh, and just make sure they're 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 neat and close to the head is that exactly the way you, you you prefer them. And he makes sure they're all done up uh, nice nice tight. Make sure they're gonna they're gonna last a little while longer. Mm-hmm. So you won't have to work on them for a little bit if you don't want to. Um, uh, he. Takes it's it's a it's just kind of a nice quiet you know ten minutes of n- not a lot of talking but just being close to your brother and it's it's a nice thing for once you know yes. uh, so that that moment passes and you both eventually find your way to sleep for the evening um. And so the uh, you all get your night's rest. You all get a you all get a full rest in. Uh, anything you guys are headed for in the morning? I get all my spells back. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Not that I spent years are more important. Um, I I'm just gonna go wait. That spell, turn wrench. <laughs> yes. You only have so many uses of it for that. R-N. <laughs> turn wrench. Um, uh, I'm just going to go wait outside from that home. Alright. Uh, I probably would have gone back to the orphanage fairly late just because they have. That is the place where I am designated to sleep. Yeah. Um. What what when I approach late at night? What condition is the orphanage in with all these fortifications going up? Uh, the orphanage is actually surprisingly. I, I can see it being overlooked real easily. Yeah, it hasn't really been touched. You still got those old stone walls and the wood fortifications, and there's you know there's a number of young like infants or younger orcs and even like a couple of trolls and then like a single tauren that are here uh, you know it's very rare for a tauren to end up in the Orgamar orphanage um, because Thunder Bluff has its own orphanage um, which I mean you don't know the story of how that tauren came to be there but uh, presumably it was like it's not something I'm used to seeing yeah it's like it's odd but there they are uh, and, you know, uh, uh, matron, uh, Tosamina, who is the, uh, the young, um, the, the young woman who sort of helps oversee everything is not, I mean, she takes care of the kids, but she takes care of the kids in the way that, like, a teenage babysitter takes care of kids. 
Yeah. Where she's she's mostly just doing it because it's her job, and she's not super. She's there. The kids are fed, and they don't do anything to kill themselves. Yeah. And that's about as far as her concern goes. Yeah. Generally speaking. Uh, meanwhile, the the orphan matron, matron battle whale, uh, is elderly. Wait, she, what? Matron battle whale. What? Battle whale. Battle. You can't just skip over that. <laughs> Alright, are we, are we saying battle whale as the whale that you as make in, when you as, go into battle? As or in a sound. Like, as in a sound. Okay, not like, I'm picturing an armored whale. <laughs> Me too, that's exactly where I was at. I was like, I know my spirit form now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's battle whale as in the sound. Okay. Okay. I was, I mean, that's what I thought, but I was really hoping that there was some epic story about when she was in the army. <laughs> W-A-I-L. I would have been from her on Mergor, like, what did you do, kill a whale? <laughs> or maybe she's just like this, like, seven foot tall, 900 pound, massively obese orc barbarian. <laughs> or maybe she's just a whale. <laughs> Or maybe she's maybe there's just a really large in... pool in the orphanage, and it's just a whale that just breaches every once in a while. Or, make sure everybody's okay. No, and goes she's back. like a druid, and there was this battle, and, there, and all the enemies are downhill, and she's like, "I'm never gonna do this again." Shapeshift whale. This is changed to whale, flop, and flop. rolls down the hill onto. Him. <laughs> she could be, which like... is fine because whales breathe air, so they're fine. She could be, she could be an undead whale. <laughs> she doesn't have to breathe air. She's an undead beached whale sitting in. The middle of the orphanage. Hello, children. <laughs> w a i l. Okay. Uh, um. But she she's she's an elderly orc woman, and she she's the one who does more of the actually taking care of the kids. She she's the matron. She's the one that you know makes sure they get education and make sure that they was are taking. <laughs> Make sure that they're taken care of. Um, and you know, uh, Tosamina's asleep, but Matron Battle Whale is up into the into the wee hours of the night, taking care of everything. All right, I, I literally go and find an appropriate area to to curl up after spinning around three times and sleep. <laughs> she. She gives you a nod when you walk in. Seems like she's she's seen orphans come go to the Valley of Trials and come back and sleep here for a night or two. So, yeah. you know. She's she's relatively used to it and she gives you a nod and just goes back to what she was doing. I don't bother interacting too much, but I mean I'll take in the general always take in the environment. It, it seems like the same place I left. Yeah, it's relatively the same. Yeah. Okay. It's the one it's one of the few places in the city that hasn't changed a lot. Awesome. I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay, so I would have woken up and then yeah. continue on to the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the next morning, I'm assuming most of you convene around Ramash Hold. Yeah. Yeah, breakfast. They all get breakfast, I don't. You all get some food in the morning. Um, there, there, this is an area with more, like, wild animals, right? Uh, no. the, the drag... Vaguely, um, there's some animals that wander, but most of them are um, there for a reason. You know, there's okay. the, the wolves that serve with the military, the Arctic Guard wolves, you know. So it's not like the animals are taken out for a morning hunt or anything in this area. They're uh, too far out. That's usually, like, uh, from the Valley of Honor, they'd head north into Ajara, 
um, which is sort of the nearest like grassland. So, so a hunting is a an endeavor, not a casual. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Hunting is something that you go out to do. You can hunt some rats. Yeah. I've got quill board. Yeah. I'm sure I've got. I mean, I, there was a lot of quill board harvest. Like you, you have you have to leave the city to hunt because the city is all in like an enclosed valley. So <laughs> in that case, um, get up. I'll probably leave because I'm sure matron. I'm sure matron battle whale is a very nice person who prefers me not to eat with the rest of the children. <laughs> I mean, probably not. Not not just not just from the sense of saving their food, but from the sense of I'm probably not the most pleasant person to consume food near. Yeah, it's like just eat your food the way you must, but just, just not here. <laughs> try not to scare the children, please. Yeah, no. Wake up, leave. Yeah. Uh, at some point, be like, I'm hungry now. Eat food. Continue going. Yeah. So yeah, I'm probably the first one out by the hole. Yep. Just because I want to put straight there and then post it up waiting. Yep. I want to stop in one of the shops if, it, if things open to yeah, buy a couple I, of flasks. Everything's open. So you stop at the Orgrimmar General Store? Yeah, I just get a couple yeah. of flasks. Uh, they're, I, I know, they're, they're, they're yeah, you get market copper. for them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Copper, too, yeah. Uh, and so you, you, uh, after everyone's, you know, had all their food and drink for the morning, they all meet up uh, around the, uh, around Gromash Hold. Um, um, you say goodbye to your brother as he has his stuff packed up. Um, he's got uh, so the weapons that he uses typically, um, which I mean you typically haven't seen him use them, but you know he has them. Uh, he has a sort of a uh, it's a little it's heavier than like a short sword like a human would use. It's more like a gladius, like it's a big, wide, heavy, short blade that he uses with his left hand, mm-hmm. and his right hand uh, he just has this like carapace armor that covers the entirety of his right arm that he uses almost like a shield to deflect blows with. Sword and board. Uh, so your arm is the board. So, so he's more like gladiator style. <laughs> kind of, yeah. As part of why you know he's, last, he's known as he's Merrick Steel Arm. Because of that was I was trying to remember the last thing. The, the steel arm mm-hmm. that he uses as Probably a defensive. Stance. Also good for punching people in the face when you need to. Yes, in fact, it has like razor spikes on the on the front of it for for punching people specifically. Yes. Um, and, you know he he's he's geared up in his in his in his in his war gear. You know he's got his 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 weapon on his hip and armor on his, the steel arm. And he kind of gives you a hug with his left arm, especially because the right arm hurts. <laughs> Especially if he's going to use it. Um, um, and he gives you a hug, and you kind of break for a minute, and you look you square in the eye. We're both going to come back to this place. All right. All right. I'll see you when I get back. See you. He turns and heads out, and you see, as, as you're heading to the Valley of Strength, as he is, but he's heading straight for the gate, he meets up with um, a... Giant of an orc woman, um, who a long red hair that kind of flows out into a, a set of three individual long braids that kind of flow around to her mid waist, and she's got this giant great sword on her on, that she carries on her shoulder. That she's just kind of she's got this like crown of like this helmet that's almost like spiked crown of metal, and uh, this like large uh, metal set of armor on her left arm. Very similar to your brother's, but less defensive and more just, like, straight armor. Uh, and she, um, almost the suit of full plate kind of 
like, uh, but half plate actually, because like it's exposed in a lot of areas to allow freedom of movement. And she seems to be the person who is meeting up with him to head out. She seems like almost like his commander, if you had to take a guess. And mm-hmm. the two of them meet up, share a brief conversation, and mount up wolves and head out the the front gates of Orgrimmar. Um, and that that's uh, the last you see of them for now. And as they head out. Uh, and so you meet up with the rest of your group uh, at the Gromash Hold, and as you're all waiting outside, there's a, like a there's like a thin layer of dew all over because <laughs> it's been standing there the entire time. It has been standing there unmoving. <laughs> around around the time that all of you managed to gather, um, a visibly frustrated Sarfang steps out of the hold, kind of swearing under his breath. Uh, some kind of utterances and stupid kind of like uh, turns to the group of you. Ah, well, I see you're here again. Roll hall, overlord. Roll hall. Well, I've got your response for <coughs> Garthok, but he's not going to like it. He says as he hands you a as, a, as he hands you a letter. Very well. The war chief seems to have decided that all forces that can be spared are going to the front lines, and the Razor Razor Hill is going to have to deal with what it's got. I'm as annoyed as he is. I'm, I'm, I'm as annoyed as Garthok likely is going to be, but such is the orders of the War Chief. Well then, you'll make do. Okay. Loktarugar, brothers. Good fortune. Loktarugar. And I will turn and start walking towards the elevator. That's you follow? Okay, here yep. we go. <clears throat> I sort of yep. delay behind a little bit, but I follow. Let me get on all of the elevator do whatever signal that we need to do to... You, you signal one of the guys who's at the bottom, and yep. he hits the lever in the, le- in the elevator. <laughs> it's a weird sensation. It's weirder going up than going down, because you feel this pressure on you as you're rising up. Uh... And you uh, rise all the way up to the top, and on the on the on the right up. I trust you all had productive evenings. Kind of disquieted, <laughs> unaffected. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It was interesting. Good. Yes, and yourself. Enough. It may be a while before we come back to Orgrimmar, so I hope none of you left anything behind you needed. I don't need much. Well then, shall we ride? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you uh, head back to um, meet with the, uh, the flight master who sends you back on your way. Um, another I six if it's worse for Shana that Garrick never reacts to her glaring. <laughs> no. Uh, you you fly back. Uh, it's another six seven hours uh, flight, and you make your way back uh, from Orgrimmar to Razor Hill. Ooh. Well, time to go give Commander Garthok the good news. Just before we get back, I'm gonna, I'm 
going to be talking to my mouth again and, and just talking about the poisons and all that. Stuff. <laughs> Explaining the whole, the whole, my whole little, uh, the, the idea that I had. Trying to get that, like, trying to get that wyvern poison. I'm just trying to see if, if, if uh, yeah, if, if I can get. Uh, so if I give you a glass vial, would you poison it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, asking you know, if it, if it, yeah, if it hurts to you know get the poison or anything. That he's ever given any and all that stuff and how you're going go to beat about. around the bush. I'm going to beat around the bush, yeah, extra and extensively, and, and, and <laughs> eventually get to the point of you know I, <laughs> beat around the bush like only a goblin does. <laughs> exactly. I'm I mean, pretty sure you're beating I, around. I, the I bush. got a six-hour trip here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're beating around the bush so much that the bush now has a personal moat. <laughs> <laughs> Moating around the bush. All right. So, um, in that particular case, go ahead and roll me a diplomacy check. Diplomacy. 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 Clap, 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 clap. I've studied the world from this vantage point. At this point, I'm going to study the animal because this is a new animal and it intrigues me. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead and roll me nature. Go ahead and roll me knowledge in nature. (laughs) It's going to suck. I knew it was going to happen. The 13, though. Six. Um... He's not too the, the sensation yeah. that you get is that you're beating around the bush and not actually getting your point across, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, basically, he, he expresses... You overestimated the intelligence of a wyvern. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're as smart as any human being, but they're still, like, if you if you know, if you you know don't make your point, they're not going to get your point. <laughs> the same if thing you, as humans. If you never ask the question, you'll never get an answer. <laughs> um, and so, the... Uh, you, you do get the understanding, however, that uh, yes, he has given venom before, um, and it is not painful, but it's kind of unpleasant because the stinger basically has to be milked like a snake's fangs would be. Right, yeah. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of an unpleasant experience, but it's something, it's, it's not painful, it's just, it's just an odd, it's just oh, odd not to be milked. It's not pleasant to watch. No. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> There's a surprising amount of liquid that comes out of those fangs. Yeah. And then you realize that that goes into you. <laughs> All of it. At least that's the plan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, after after that ride, you'll make it back to Razor Hill. <laughs> okay. Just imagining, I'm just imagining like a bucket, like <laughs> with the scorpion tail, just. <laughs> Did we learn anything about the anatomy of this creature? Uh, so, wyverns are interesting. They're Is it built more like a bird or more like a raptor or not like either? Not like really either of them. Okay. It's, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like if you take a very long and thin lion and put massive bat wings on its forearms and a scorpion tail well, in place like of its regular tail. The wings are, are actually do work like because bat wing bat's claws are at the end of their wings just like these are. Yeah, like they have they have claws on the front of their wings and then the, what would be our pinky finger basically extends yes. all the way down the length of the wing and ends in a claw all the way at the end. Yeah. It's like a bat wing. That's, it is literally like a bat wing. Bats yeah. Pick up stuff. That's really weird. I can't imagine that I've interacted with too many bats. In the jungle. It's like a lion bat scorpion. Okay. Noting and confused. <laughs> you, you recognize the scorpion aspects. <laughs> and probably the lion. There's lots of wildcats in the jungle. 
Like you can you can go to the wyvern page of the horde player's guide and see what I mean. Yeah, they are literally wyvern bat scorpions. <laughs> so yeah, once we land, I'll head up to Wyvern's Head to uh, Commander Garthop. Message in hand. Alright. Um, yeah, so you, you head into Commander Garthok. Uh, he's still looking at the looking at the war map, kind of... As he almost perpetually is nowadays, it seems. Alright, thank you. Hopefully we have good news. He says he opens up the letter. That'll well. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to stand, sir. I never say anything. Um, it didn't seem like it would be. Yeah, he sort of reads the letter... I don't get the bad news on <laughs> He puts it down. I want him to shoot them. And there's like a minute-long string of epithets and swearing. So it looks like we're all doing uh, it's kind of like double shifts now. Invoking, invoking the name of all the spirits and war chiefs that have ever that have ever been a part of the horde. That's not actually not actually not that long a list. You might have to say a couple, a couple times. Like it, it goes on for a couple. It goes on for like a minute. Oh, so, swear! It's so like after like half a minute, he's repeating. Picture <laughs> 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 Derek. Yeah, you already said that one. No, no, no. It's like just like off, just like off to one side and repeat. It means end dolly though. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Whatever the word for repeated Zendali is. <laughs> uh, but after a minute, he stops and kind of like bridge, like pinches the bridge of his nose. <sighs> so we're all doing double shifts now. <sighs> well, Overlord Sarfang expressed similar distaste. I suspect he would. Uh. Garrick, I need you to go talk to Orgny Soulscar. Tell him that we're going to need... We're going to need to start scavenging everything that we can for equipment, and we need to spare every arrow. He's going to have to start regimenting the archers in the watchtower. Swobu. <sighs> the rest of you, come with me. I need to have a conversation with Grimlock. I'll go find Soulscar. Solskar's the foreman, right? Uh, he's kind of like the general purpose, sort of the second in command of yeah, the town. Yeah, yeah. So, well, what are they using for um, for their catapults around, for for the demolishers around here? Explosives. Or the uh, the demolishers box? here. They are um, the standard payload is uh, a spiked iron ball with an explosive inside, so that it hits it hits something, detonates, and spreads shrapnel and spikes everywhere. Okay. Um, you 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 do know that when they need to save those, they can also just throw large rock with landing yeah, pitch. That's probably most of what they're gonna be doing right we now. We start gathering up a bunch of rocks and yeah. have different types of shot for different types of yeah. shots. Um, but uh, so starting with you. You head over to uh, Orgney, who's near the one, the the burrow, um, the uh, that uh, is in like near the center for yeah. like protecting civilians when they need to. Well, what does title be? Uh, he's basically um, uh, lieutenant, basically, as far as your as far as it be captain, actually. Captain. Yeah. 
because he's he's sort of the second in command. So there's the there's the 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 warlord, the overlord, so. and the captain who serves under him. Yeah, Captain Soulscar. Yes, Garrett Cloudspeaker, coming Good. from Commander Garthok. Good to see you. Well, What's well. the news? We are receiving no reinforcements from Orgrimmar. We have been told to make do with what we have. Which means balls. All right. Rationing arrows and what was the other? Uh, rationing arrows, uh, scavenging everything we can yeah. from battlefields. Rationing arrows and picking up from the dead. <sighs> All right, come with me to the watchtower. We need to get these orders. Take we need to get these orders tribu- distributed. I follow. The uh, the the two of you walk towards the the watchtower while the group of you are heading toward uh, the tent that Grimlark stays in, uh, and all the uh, the five of you and uh, Garthok all head into uh, Grimlark's tent, and um, uh, Garthok kind of steps in. Grimlark, we've got word, and the dwarf, the undead dwarf, steps back out. Right, <clears throat> what kind of news have we got? Well, we're not going to be getting any reinforcements from Orgrimmar, so we're going to need enchantment defenses if you can get anything up and running. Shite. All right. Um, I'll see what Sita and I can get to work on. Um, uh, I'm going to need... uh, We're going to need reagents. I'm going to need to make... Arcane golems, I think, will be probably a good idea for perpetual defense, keep everything up and running. Uh, well, I think... All right, uh, the lot of you, uh, if you're going to be helping out with this, as I suspect you are, we're going to need to start taking some notes, and he starts to rattle off a number of ingredients that are going to need to be found uh, to help make some arcane defenses. And you all are sort of basically getting debriefed for a minute while I switch over here. Um, so you head up mm-hmm. to the uh, you head up to um, the the watchtower with with Orgny, and um, the two of you start distributing orders amongst the archers atop the tower, and you know conserve arrows. Make sure you only take a shot when you know you're going to hit. Uh, oh send send someone out to get them back. Send someone out to get the arrows back. Um. Um, and so you have you're having this conversation for a minute, and I need you to make me a will save. A will save. Um, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yes. All right. So sixteen plus six. You are knocked to your knees, but not completely stunned when you start hearing screams from the spirits inside your head. As the the spirits of earth, fire, air, and water are all voicing extreme panic all at the same time. Are they giving me a direction? You're just east. You're just getting something east. I look that way, and um, did they have a spyglass up here? Uh, Orgny seems to have it. Solska, spyglass! Alright. Uh, he sees where you're at and takes the spyglass out himself and takes a look. At that point. Yeah. He takes a look. By the spirits. Yes, they're in my head. Sound the alarm! (laughs) (laughs) And... We need to get all the civilians we can into the bunker. Now! 
Can I move? Yeah, you, okay. you, you made your will save. You you recover quickly enough. Okay. Um. As and you you finally get a chance to take a look. And as you get as you get a look out into the distance, Orkney hands you the, the spyglass so you can see for yourself. You just see a wall of water rushing toward the shore. Massive stories tall tidal wave that just stretches across the horizon. That is coming straight for Razor Hill. Um did I see them going into the Alchemist tent? Uh yeah. Okay. Um Cog! I yell, which we've run yeah. to the people on the watchtower because they don't know to be up here when that thing hits. Yeah, and uh, or he grabs you by the shoulder. Get all the civilians you can into the bunker. We need to get them as safe as possible. Going. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna basically just sort of run past the blacksmith, basically yelling to go to the bunker. Yeah, and around around this time, all of you, especially in, in the in the tent, begin to hear just this low rumbling. Do. And uh, Car- uh, Garthot kind of leans up. That's the alarm horn. What is going on? Um, and as everyone is. As all of you kind of file out of the tent to get a look at what's going on, uh, you all just kind of, like, take a look, and you see people, like, running in all directions. Uh, uh, Garrick is running around getting civilians into the, uh, the burrow as everyone is looking around, and there's this, this moment of freeze as everything seems to slow down for a moment as you all look to the east and you see this massive tidal wave so massive it blocks out the view of the sun as it's beginning to as it's somewhere on the eastern sky um and as it towers over the town those of you standing next to Garthok just hear him shout Grimlock and you just hear right and the dwarf puts his hands up and this shield barrier of um, uh, purplish arcane energy forms up around the group of you as a couple of orcs hurt civilians into the barrier. As Garrick, you are in the middle of the town sort of running civilians into the into the burrow and there's nowhere to run when it hits. I grab whatever civilian is nearest by, bodily throw them into the bar- into the bunker Grab my totem, slam it on the ground, and start praying. <laughs> you know, seems like one of those days. <laughs> so we've got praying to spirits covered. I'll cover praying to the holy light. Anybody else want to? I'm just like you know, just earth, earth and air, basically protect me because I would die. <laughs> so, as the tidal wave hits, your vision just goes black as you are blown away with the tide as the group of you everything goes dark except for this purple glow of the arcane as a massive tidal wave pours over this this landscape and you are just staring at the ocean for a minute as the ocean seems to have decided it's going to come up on the land for a visit 
Um, Hello, Asha. <laughs> and as all of oh, you are, right as all of you are being swarmed by this tidal wave, see me floating past. As, 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 as you do see, Garrick swept away with the tide. That's where we're going to end for the evening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. To me. Bye, Gary. Bye. Hey, episode three, not bad. <laughs> now, you guys are fine. You're in the arcade level. I was, re- I was saving people. Got caught. <laughs> Go, child. Fly. <laughs> Janet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See you, everybody. Bye.